Gun line, gun line, gun line. We got a fire mission coming down, y'all. I'm your host, Lopez, and you're listening to the On the Gun Line podcast, episode number 301. Coming to you here with my homeboy, Leon, first name David. We surf together out of 277 Field Artillery out in Fort Carson, Colorado. And uh, we just chopping it up, man, to catch up on some old days and old ways. And honestly, it's been a while since we chopped it up together. We chopped it up once. Ooh, shit. Sometime maybe about a year, year and a half ago. About a couple of years ago, yeah. Yeah, man. So now we're going to have him back on here. We're going to chop it up with him. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, do me a favor. If you're on the YouTube, smash that subscribe button. Later on, what I want you to do, if you're digging this, hit that thumbs up. If you ain't digging it, hit that thumbs down. Either way, I need you to leave me a comment, letting me know what I could do better in order to keep y'all entertained. Now, if you are on the podcast platforms, make sure y'all do me a solid and subscribe to it. Get this damn algorithm going so we can start getting out more and more to different folks out there. And now that it's been a minute and I think the algorithm has seen that I haven't cussed one time yet. What the fuck is going on, Leon? What's going on? Uh, How you doing today? I'm doing good, bro. Doing good. Saturday morning, sitting here with the grandkid, the wife, watching some cartoons, man. You know, on a Saturday, just enjoying life. That's the way we got to do it, man. This is my life, man. For those that don't know you, uh, you served in the Army for how long? Eight years, man. Went in at 32, got out at 40. God damn. Went in at 32. I was the old, was the old fucker. Yeah, I was the old fucker, man, right? Yeah, you were. Fuck. So yeah. you in, now, with that, you went in at 32, right? Yeah. Um, and you went airborne, too, right? I went airborne, man. I was with 173rd, uh, 4th to 319th out of Bamberg, Germany. So have, you know, have some jumps, you know, under my belt, man, all beat up because of the jumps and, you know, like everybody else, the army. Damn, Go ahead. Man. I'm just thinking like that must have made a lot of youngsters feel like shit. It must have gave you a big ass ego that, you know, oh, being man, let me tell you, <laughs> you know, the old motherfuckers, everyone, my section chief, when I was 32, was 24 years old. He was staff sergeant, right? He was 24 years old, bro. Right. E6, man. And, uh. You know, it's crazy, man. I told myself, this motherfucker's been to Iraq twice, mm-hmm. right? I better listen to him because what the fuck? I, it wasn't an age ego. It was more of a, hey, this guy's been to war. He's going to save my life, right? And that's how it was for me. And being the older guy, just following direction, doing what I'm supposed to do, I gained rank quick, man. Made fucking five in two years, made six in four years, right? See, it's so, funny you mentioned that because um, I, I, like you, went in a much older age. I didn't go in until I was 26. My first day at the 95th at Fort Sill, uh-huh. uh, it was my 27th birthday. So I was freezing my bowels off over there. <laughs> I remember the day, man, November 24th, 2004. I was freezing, boy. Yeah. But uh, that's what's up, man. I mean, that, yeah. that, that goes to show, you know, um, AJ nothing but a number sometimes. Nah, I mean? dude. You know, life life takes you in different directions, right? For a lot of people who don't know me or I didn't share the story with, right? Mm-hmm. Went in at 32. Um, I was married at the time, had three kids. Uh, aged nine months, uh, two years old and four years old, right? Ooh. And uh, what, what brought me, you talk about sacrifice, that sacrifice, right? And what brought me to the military, man, but a lot of people don't know, was the fucking drugs, right? Needed to get out, needed to change, needed to make a difference in my life, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what, I mean, yeah, people say you could go to rehab and you could do this, right? Some people say you're weak, you're not, right? For me, rehab was a place to fucking find other connects. Wasn't really ready to get help, you could say. My wife now, she tells me all the time, people don't want help unless they want help, right? Yep. We'll get into that story later, more. So that's what got me into the service at 32 years old. Um, 
of course, you know, the, uh, my ex-wife now, you know, uh, our marriage didn't last and I got, you know, the three beautiful kids, you know, now 22, uh, 20 and uh, 18 years old, two boys and a girl. Then me and my wife now have a seven year old daughter together. Right. Oh, wow. She was our, she's our blessing. Right. My wife says blessing. I say, oops, baby. Right. <laughs> Cause we were older, man. You know, I was, yeah. I was, I think, uh, 41. I had her. 45 and you were yeah she was 45 and i was 40 when she she's oh. a little bit older right so 44 no, just, i was right and you were 45 yeah 44 and 45 that's amazing right? congratulations because a lot of people out there exactly. after the age of 30s don't even and hey healthy can be man honoring awesome. little girl just like her mama man she got attitude right but oh, hey wow. she uh the doctors told her that we were worried about you know um difficulties and right and and shit when your baby gets older right problems and they said my wife was healthier than some 30 year olds man at her age right that's so that was kind of a was kind of a good thing man you yeah, know dude congratulations on that man i mean that's yeah. awesome um i don't envy you i well what how old is she right now your your daughter she's seven now she's gonna be okay. eight she'll be eight in, uh, next month okay. she'll be eight uh, man i'm gonna yeah, be that you, man, it, i'm gonna be that parent right now that's gonna tell you wait till she hits her teens she is going on 18, 19 years old, yes. man, right? With a spitfire attitude. Yeah. Just like her. She got her mama's attitude, right? Which is a good thing. It's a good thing, right? Dude, she don't I'll take shit. You. She don't even take shit from me, right? That's good. That is good. Yeah, she run, and she won her cousins and shit, dude. She runs the show with them. She tells them she puts everybody in check, bro. Her and her brothers and sisters, she does, That's right? Because awesome. so, she has older, she has a uh so my wife has a son who's 29 and my daughter's seven. So it's what was it, a seven a 20 year difference? 22. 22 year difference between kids for Man, her. That's why you were a 13 Bravo, you non math adding motherfucker. <laughs> See, motherfucker, bro. Hey, pull string, boom, here Go comes boom, cookie, man. man. Hey, that, all I want to do is milk and cookies, bro. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Hey, let me Shit, ask you, Leon, Let me ask you. Um, for a lot of folks out there, you know, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit of military things here, real quick. Um, but let, let's talk, let's delve, let's delve a little bit back into your childhood. What was it like growing up where you're from? Where are you from? And what, what was your household like? When so let's see, man, I, I was actually come from a military dad, right? So my biological father was an MP in the army. So I was born in Fort Sill, no, Fort Riley, Kansas. That's where I was okay. born. Right. Went to Vietnam. Look at me and mom split back over here to California and Hayward where the she's from. Right. Okay. So uh, he came back. As far as I can remember, when he came back, you know, things didn't happen. They split up. So uh, mom met my who I call my dad. Right. right? Uh, he's the one who raised us and whipped our ass when we needed it and shit. Right. And so we grew up in Fremont. Um, so my child, man, was uh, well, I don't say like not everybody else, man. My, my parents, we weren't rich. We were poor sometimes. Right. We didn't have Christmases and shit and presents and trees and shit. Right. We. We may do with what we had, right? One thing they taught me was appreciate what you have and not what you don't have, right? Gotcha. So for the most part, man, my dad and mom did everything to keep us off the streets. So we were forced to play baseball. I played baseball from the time I was five years old till 22. Holy right? shit, okay. Fucking baseball. Right? Guys would go camping and shit. We're playing fucking summer league, spring league, Easter <laughs> tournaments. It was all baseball. And his goal was just to keep us off the streets, Right. So we we went to school, college. It was a normal family. I mean, nothing, nothing rich. And I mean, we struggled a little bit, right? You're working but class family. Working class family, dude. Yeah. 
and it's crazy because me and the wife talk, right? So her family grew up the same way. Funny thing is, let me rewind. So my wife, um, I met her when I came home for the in the military. So I met her at forty, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, yay, Papa! I met. Mm -hmm. I knew her brother Bobby, right? I knew her other brothers. I played baseball in little league with her brothers and stuff. Her oh. dad and my dad used to coach each other competitively, right? Never knew that Bobby and all the brothers had a sister. They could never knew that. And, and they lived, they <laughs> lived three blocks from each other. We lived, we grew up three blocks from one another. No, shit. never, never knew they had a sister. Never knew who she was. We used to frequent the same spots through high school, but never ran into each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the pool dude. hall, shit like that, dude. It was fucking crazy until we started talking after a while, right? Hell yeah. But yeah, so my life was like that, man. I went to school, went to, played high school sports, you know, I left that when I was 17, my mom's house, and started, I, I, I left a scholarship, man. I had a scholarship to play baseball for Sonoma State, oh, sure. and I didn't go. Met a girl, moved out, started working, started driving truck. Moving furniture at 19 years old, right? 18 years old. And who knows, you know, can't leave her life by shooter, could have with us. Yeah, exactly. Life 100%. takes you in different fucking places, man, right? So that, that's what my life was growing up, man. I have uh, three other brothers and a, and a sister, you know, we all fought like every other sibling did. <laughs> you know, we're all, as we get older, we're all tighter now. You know, uh, one of my brothers, uh, my not my youngest, but my second youngest brother, Ray. He retired from the service. He was in the Navy at 17, got out at 37. He's 40 Dude, now, man. Right? Just got his bachelor's degree, or his master's degree in college. He's going for his doctorate, wow. you know? So, and it's funny because when we grew, all of us grew up, we, I was the oldest, right? I'm, okay. I'm, I'm older than everybody, right? So there's a five-year difference between me and my, my younger brother, then a 10-year difference between me and my youngest brother and a 17-year. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I was out of the house when they were growing up, right? right? So we didn't have much of a relationship, you know, and if we did it, we fought. So as we got older and had families of our own, we kind of grew up. We kind of rekindled more, right? right. My, my wife has been blessed enough to have her family's really close throughout life, little to, to uh, I didn't have that. We just, we kind of split ways and we just did our shit. And now as we get older, you know, we, you know, we fucking kindle, we, we rekindle shit more. You know what? Being that you said that, it kind of th makes me think of, um, I wonder if that's like a cultural thing too, because me with my family, like I got family that lives out in Washington State. I got family that lives two hours away from here, out by the Fort Hood area, and we don't talk like every day, dude. You know, yeah. I got sisters in in Cali that I haven't talked to in forever in a day. But yeah. I know that we could always link back up and be like, "Hey, how you doing?" You know, it's like there's no love loss. There's no yeah. anger. You know, now there's yeah. gonna be some with might be some like frenemies in a way <laughs> but yeah. you know it's yeah. still no. love it's just a family thing you know yeah it's weird no and it's like that like see it is weird because that's how i grew up right and that's just how our family is and and now you know we'll talk once a week or once every the week on the phone my brother will call ask me how i'm doing and same for him right and it gets right. more into all that stuff because of and i'll go into what happened before okay babe my my wife on the other hand she talks to her family a daily Right. On a daily, like I don't talk to my mom daily. She talks to her mom daily and her aunt on it. I mean, it's to work and from work to conversation, right? Yeah. And that's the relationship that she has. And me, I don't have that. It's not because that's not how we work. We are. Right. And it doesn't mean that I don't love my mom or I don't care for my brothers and sisters. We just, that's not us. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. You know, that, that's just us, dude. You know what's and crazy? That's just, uh, no, no. I just say that's just life, man. That, that's our life. That's my life. Right. And that, this is how we grew up. And that's just how it is. I don't know if, what it is like. I mean, 
uh, myself with my family, we never tell each other like I love you. You know what I mean? And, and we I do. Hear, see, I don't like. I I didn't grow up with that. Like I don't tell my 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 mom or my dad. I don't say I love you. You know, yeah. we, we know it. We know it. There's, but I, but I, I see people be- when they talk to their parent, like, okay, love you, mom. To me, when I talk to my mom, I'm like, all right, mom, I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, it's funny, man, is uh, growing up as a kid, right? My mom and dad, they, they never really said, I love you. They right. And we knew that they did. And same with my wife, right? They never said they love you. And, and our dads were hard back then, right? So, right. you know, for us, um, we don't say, I love you. But as I got older, right? You know, and my dad and mom used to whoop our ass. We deserved. It. We, did, I mean, we did some shit as nothing. We, I mean, we got our ass fucking whooped, not by one, but by fucking both, right? Mm-hmm. And and as I had when I had kids and I was older, one thing I wanted to do was change some ways that I grew up, right? Yeah. And I tell my parents all the time, I don't blame the way I grew up. I wouldn't change anything, you know, because they're all saying you get older, you think back. Oh, I'm sorry, I whooped your ass like this. This is you got nothing to apologize about, man. You know, I was, that's just what it was. I was a knucklehead. I wouldn't change it. But for me, you know, I used to fear my dad in the sense because, you know, we used to whoop the fuck out of us. Right. And I didn't want that with my kids. So I changed things. Instead of whooping my kids, I would talk to them. Right. Right. And then and then I would always tell them that I love them every day. That's one mental note I always made. Right. So even until this day, I get up, I give them kisses and I tell when, when I see them now because my kids are out of the house. Right. And, and I give him loves and shit, right? Even my son, he's home from college right now. And when he's in the room, I'll go and lay in bed with him. He's 20 years old, man. About to be 21, right? And I'll still lay in bed when he's still my baby. And it's right? funny you mentioned that, bro, because I'm the same way now with my kids. Like, my yeah. kids, every night before I go to bed, I make sure I tell them, I love you. You yeah. know, I love you. And, um, and they think it's corny. Like, you know, my middle no, child, she'll, she's daddy's girl. She's like, love you, dad. Yeah. My oldest, yeah. she's like, a, she'll make a cat noise. <laughs> You know, man, one thing that uh, you, you think about it like this, bro. Right. And and I do it with the wife and I tell her even when we have arguments and we're not talking. Right. And we're mad at each other. I'll yeah. get up when I get up to go to work. I'll go to her and I'll give her a kiss every every morning. I do this every morning. I'll give her a kiss. I give my daughter a kiss. And even though they, they may hear me not, I tell them I love you. Right. Yeah. Because you just never know when that's the next day. That day you're not going to come home. And here's a story about that, right? So when was it, babe? A year ago, year and a half ago, when I blew up the gear? About 14 months ago, man, I'm at work. And I'm doing a normal fucking job. Me and one of my apprentice guys, my homie, we're working, dude. Yeah. And I do electric work, if people don't know. I'm an electrician, right? I've been doing it 20 years, man. And uh, so we're working on a Wednesday or some shit. And that day, man, something bad happened, right? We arced the 480 gear. Now, if those don't know what, what that is, man, is uh, when you arc flash a 480 gear, that initial arc flash, right? That blast is hotter than the center of the sun. So all the metal, everything around is like molten lava just sprays out, dude, right? Oh, so that day, I almost lost my life with my partner's life. And then what was weird is because it's, it's fucking arcing, going by yeah. arcing, 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 and it's fucking smoky. And all of a sudden, dude, my he's on the ground that's where he was and i had a fucking flashback of fucking ptsd if i was in the war right you hear him coming you hear this fucking parking and i see the dude on the floor and i'm fucking just like what the fuck and i hear all this fucking this crackling and fucking fourth of july going off so i pick this motherfucker up and i throw him on my shoulder and i run out the fucking door and i'm looking over and say hey you okay you okay right yeah not realizing the arc flash i had no facial hair on my beard my face my eyebrow, all his his whole hair was singed fucking black. Oh, right. Fuck. So my hand, my hand and, and my arm was fucking no hair, right? 
and I'm blessed because I could have died. Um, and why I didn't die, dude, I, I don't know why he didn't die. I don't know. Someone's looking over me because of where I was standing, where he was standing, the arc glass came after me. He had a brand new iPhone, Samsung S24 phone or some shit in his pocket. It was white. He pulls it out. There was shrap metal into his fucking phone in the white of his phone where he was pocket was right by his oh, heart. Right. Shit. So it fucking took up the fucking shrap metal. Yeah. So I called my wife. Right. Yeah. And I said, and I usually our, our routine is my wife takes the kids to school in the daycare and she gets to work later. I go to work early and I pick them up after school. So oh, I called man. her that day and I said, babe, nonchalantly, babe, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to pick the kids. She's at work. Right. She goes, why? I said, cause, uh, I just need you to pick up the kids. Why? I almost died. She goes, what? I almost died. I almost killed George. I blew up a gear. I have to stay here. I got fucking people coming. I, I can't pick it up. And she right. goes, okay. Not knowing she's fucking on the phone the next day. She's crying when I got the phone with her. She told me this after she's fucking crying because I almost died. And yeah. so it would seem like fucking five minutes or so, dude, right? I turn around and she's staring at me. She went to my fucking job, dude. And she's staring at me and she's fucking crying. And I fucking grab her and I hold her and she scheduled. She had her, um, our older son pick up the kids from school mm. and she didn't leave my side. Right. And she's fucking just afraid. And that's just to show you when you just never know what's going to happen for that day. Right. Exactly. And that's why till this day, I, I, like I said, I give them a kiss in the morning every day. You know, tell them I love them, you know, um, just recently her brother, um, our age, you know, 50, I'm 50. I'll be 51. My wife's 51. He's 50. And, uh, just the other day in a healthy guy in shape, really fit and thin and playing baseball. And he's a personal trainer, right. And, yeah. uh, playing baseball with the, uh, his son playing catch outside. The daughter's recording it. The wife comes home. They have dinner, goes to sleep has a stroke in his sleep, compa, right? Wow. He, he, he was in the fucking hospital, still in the hospital to the day, but in the hospital fighting for his life, not knowing if he's going to make it or not, go left or right. Oh, and it's, yeah, he's doing great now. He he recovered fast. Everyone's oh, shocked, right? Good. But the point is, is like, you just never know when your time is, man, for you whatever don't. reason, right? No, that's, why, that's why I don't care if fucking, hey, if it's corny or not, man, I tell my kids I love them. From the top down, my wife, if she's mad at me, hey, you have to because you just never know when you're going to say goodbye, right? No, you, you're 100% right with that. I mean, um, one of my really good friends, he was my co-host here for a while, um, Cruz, he was 38 and he died of an aneurysm, bro, and he was healthy See? as fuck. Healthy. I'm talking about that fool was yoked. Always, yeah. PT stuff. Bobby, Kelly's brother's gone. fit. I mean, he's a six-pack, shredded, works out, personal trainer. You, you don't fucking know. But two years ago, oh was, yeah, two years ago, listen, Copa. Two years ago, he was out on the jet ski with his kids on the lake, and some idiot, drunk driving in a boat, ran a jet ski racing, crashed into him, sliced his leg. Somebody came up and pulled him up out of the water from drowning and saved him. When they rushed him into the ER, they found an aneurysm that would have killed him, and it actually saved him. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's been having issues with his heart this whole time, right? So, last week, I did, I, my wife just told me that I didn't know he did happen. So, last week, he went to the hospital, Kaiser, Tuesday. Tuesday, and they had to stop his heart 
and restart it again to get it back on rhythm and give him some blood thinners. Well, that's what caused him to have the stroke. Orale. Right? So, ah. but yeah. Dude. That just he saved his yeah, life. Saved his life rhythm, the aneurysm, right? it, that shit sneaks up out of nowhere. Once it's done, it's done. Yeah. Dude, you know, he realized too. He's in the hospital, and he was telling his his uh, his wife and his wife. You know, because we have a thread going on our phone about how yeah. he's doing and stuff. And you know, he was she was just scared because he's like, "I'm not ready to leave you, and I don't want to leave my kids. I don't want to die, right? No one wants to die. Is that right? his name Lucky? Because I mean, right? shit. No one wants to. No one wants to fucking die, homie, right? No. And and this goes into. I'll probably go off topic, right? So this oh, goes cool. into a lot of shit for me, man, right? So a lot of you guys, I the last time I talked to you on the podcast a couple years ago we went through the whole scenario about the drugs and shit right yeah. and so dude i've been battling drugs my whole life dude the only time i was probably clean was in the military right so when i came out of the military i battled fucking drugs and i and for you those who don't know i battle drugs i still battle drugs to this day okay and i battled them up to more so off and on i was not i was an off and on every day fucking uh what do they call those fucking functioning addicts up until April of this year? No shit. Okay. Up until April of this year, I lost my job, got laid off in April. Right. Um, didn't work for six months, bro. And you know, my wife was always there in the past. She would tell me she knew when I was fucking high. Right. And she would tell me, you know, if you need help, I'm here to help you. And don't throw like, no, I don't need help. I'm good. I'm not doing drugs. Right. You're hiding and you're thinking that you can fucking deal with it. Right. I go to work. I go to sleep. I fucking eat. I get up. I do my job. I do this. I do that. Can I ask you a but, question? And, yeah. Uh, what drugs? I used to smoke meth, bro. Who's okay. the fucking, she called it the glass dick. Excuse my yeah. French, bro. Right. No, you're good. That's now, what I fucking did, man. Right. Now, and I tell my story this all the time. Right. And this goes into a lot. So coming in April, right got laid off and trying to find fucking work and work slow i was off six months but in that fucking little window right i started questioning things man and you start feeling sorry for yourself then i started quit do i need to do this am i good enough to do this job do i want to do this job then you started getting depressed right so i got to the point of press where i was going to kill myself for those who don't know you all be surprised and you all can suck a dick i don't care don't judge me man right nobody no but, judgment baby Here's the thing, right? And it wasn't for my buddy Robert come looking for me. Who knows if I would have did or not? Maybe I'm, maybe I was looking for fucking. Maybe I was crying for attention right. for some help. You yeah. see what I'm saying? And that's how low I got, right? Self pity, self sorrow, and a lot of dope heads who come off drugs and you know they get that self pity, self sorrow shit. Right? Yeah, Poor especially me. when you're going Malia, you know, when you're going. Yeah, you're and my down. wife, my wife, and I love my wife to death, man. My wife, she there's no sugarcoat shit. She's like. Me in the sense where she just tells you blank. She goes, "You're a pussy." She goes, "You need to man the fuck up and just get the fuck what the fuck you're doing, right?" And that's what yeah. she would say, right? And I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, you're being all fucking apologetic and shit, and feeling sorry for yourself and trying to make excuses why. At the end of the day, dude, you know, I was just a fucking regular dopehead, right? I'm serious, man, right? Yeah. Just trying to deal with life. So you know, now and that was off and on for for ten years when I got out of the military because in the beginning it started again because poor me, I felt sorry. You know, that help I didn't get. What am I going to do? I'm a 40. I was a 40 year old fucking 18 year old Let kid leaving a mom's house for the first time. Let me pause you for a second. Yeah. Let, let's rewind a little bit. Between, yeah, let's rewind. Between the years of when you started working at 19 through yeah. when you ended up in the military. Yeah, it was, was probably more than 20 years. At that time. Yeah. 
Yeah, dude. Yeah, I didn't get into drugs, man. Right the, yeah, the only okay. So let's rewind. Let's gonna bring back. So in high school, you smoke weed, right? And so I fucking yeah. smoke weed, and every a lot of people were doing fucking crank or coke or whatever, and I, I didn't fuck with it. When I got to about twenty years old, so I used to move furniture, right? We used to have blade, and the guy that I worked with is the first time I got fucking introduced to crank, mm. right? So then I fucking started snorting fucking crank on a regular, right? And then the fucking coke. Right. So from fucking 20 years old. So I joined the military at 32. Then I got introduced to fucking meth. Then I was doing ecstasy, like, you know, experiment shit. Right. So fucking do it. And when I tell people all the time, man, I tell my kids, dude, I've done every fucking drug besides fucking heroin that I, I know what the fuck. Right. I've been there. I've, I've done it. And I talked so from was experience. drugs. One of the reasons you joined the military. Oh, yeah. Like to get away from it or. I, I, I had to get away from it, dude, right? Because like I said, man, no matter where I went, put it like this, we're going to go to the story, you understand. So from 20 years old on up to about 32, right? I fucking battled. Most of it after a while was fucking meth, right? Smoking the glass dick. That's what it was, okay? Uh, my ex-wife, my kid's mother, you know, she kicked me out the house. She caught me smoking dope. She kicked me out the fucking house, had nowhere to fucking go. Right. Still battling drugs, you know, through that time. She just got fed up. Right. I had three kids. My kids, they were three. They were nine months, you know, when they were probably fucking eight months at the time, uh, you know, a year and a half and fucking three or some shit. Right. And you were working throughout this time as well then to support. I was house. a functioning addict. Yes. Okay. Yes. I worked. Right. I never stole money from my family to not provide. I would just found a way to make extra money to fucking support my habit. Because a lot of people, I think, have um, a, a, maybe a misconception, I guess, that people that are addicted to meth or addicted to drugs are out there robbing and stealing. No. And, you know, there's those exceptions to the rule that actually function with society yeah. and work through it. Kind yeah. of a functioning alcoholic. I, I, but in this I, case, I still got all my fucking teeth, bro. I got my hair. <laughs> <laughs> right. right? You know what yeah. I mean? And, and I'm going to go into a story with that here yeah. in a second, bro. Right. About, about what you just, what you just said. You got it. But man. so, you. yeah. So fucking, you know, the whole fucking drug got kicked out, man. Right. I was homeless for almost a year. I was living in my fucking truck because she kicked me out. Yeah. My uncle at the time was a fucking priest for victory outreach. Orale, okay. So my, when I called my mom, when the cops picked me up from jail, right, they fucking picked me up from jail and I went to jail and I called my mom. She goes, I'm not picking you up. I can't help you anymore. I helped you too many times. I'm going to have your uncle pick you up. I ain't going to no fucking halfway house. Fuck that, dude. Mm -hmm. So when the cops let me go, my uncle's looking for me. I fucking booked on the streets, dude. I ran. Man, it's fucking 12 o'clock at night, one o'clock in the morning, dude, right? I can't man. go back to my house. My wife kicked me out. I just got out of fucking jail. I had nowhere to fucking go. I didn't even get my fucking truck. So I'm walking around the fucking streets. I called a buddy of mine I used to party with. He was working in the city and he goes, hey, go to so-and-so's house here and I'll be there in a little while. So I go there and I stood there for a bit. It was a dope house, bro. So why why me, bro? I'm going to get fucking high. Right? Fucking Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. Right, baby. exactly, man. So, you know, after that, then fucking, you know, I finally got my truck back and I was still living in my truck, you know, parking spots and had no money, wasn't working at this time, right? I lost my fucking job. Because right. I didn't go to work, right? And then, uh, so my wife at the time felt sorry for me. And so she kind of let me come back in to see the kids at the house. And I'm I'm trying to clean. I'm cleaning up, you know, coming down. And so fucking I'm sitting on the couch, man, watching uh, some TV with my son at the time, my oldest son. And, uh, you know, all, be all you can be. Be Army Strong came on, right? And my son tells me, hey, dad, uh, I want to I be a soldier. And I said, you want to be a soldier, son? He goes, yeah. Why? He goes, I want to fight, Dad, like that. And I said, what? 
what year was this? this? No, this was 2005. Okay. So you were right okay. after me. 2005, right? So I sat there and I said, oh, fuck this. I'm thinking, man, I, I got to clean up. I've been to rehabs through churches and NA and fucking Kaiser Hospital. And it was just another way to find connect. So, right. you know, I was 31 at this time, 2005. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, 31. Let and I fucking not. Huh? Let me ask you real quick, Leon. Um, did you ever? So you never got locked up for like a long period of time? Then you know you I did. Know. I got locked up for six months before for drugs. In county time. I, I Santa Rita. I was in county. Okay. Yeah, I was in county, right? And uh, and I remember a cop. I remember the cop. What's up? Were you still getting high in there? No, I wasn't getting high. I couldn't get in the shit. You know, people were drinking this. I I slept, I slept most of my time away. I literally slept, right? We had pods, 33 West Pod in fucking Santa Rita County Jail here in fucking California, dude, right? Huh? Oh, and uh, so it's funny, man, because I'm sleeping my high off, right? Trying to just yeah. fucking, that's all I'm going to do, dude, right? And the people are fucking up all night. They're drinking this fucking Pruno coffee bullshit they made, right? And they're like on crap, bro. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Right? Yeah. <laughs> fucking crazy, dude, right? Jail's fucking crazy. Yeah. You know, you... It is funny, man, because there's a story about that. So in a pod, you have everybody mixed together. You have blacks, whites, Mexicans, Chinese, Filipino, whoever's in this pod, right? And your bunk mate is whoever. So when you go out to chow, I didn't know this, man, right? You go out to chow time to eat in the fucking chow hall, everyone eats fucking segregated. You eat in your own fucking, right. eat with your own kind. So I remember going to the table, sitting down with this guy, and you know, I'm starting to eat my food. It was nasty-ass fucking, fucking jailhouse food, right? And he tells me, he goes, hey, bro, he goes, you can't sit here. You need to go sit with your own kind. And I said, what the fuck are you talking about? And he goes look around you. So I'm looking around. I said, Oh fuck. You got blacks, blacks, Mexicans. Right. And there's like five <laughs> different tables of Mexicans. You get the Sorenos, Norteños, right? right. You got the fucking wetbacks, bro. Right. And, and so I'm sitting, I said, fuck, I get up. I go, <laughs> I get up, I go over to the Mexican table. And first thing they said was, man, Hey, who do you write? <laughs> you couldn't even say paisas. You were straight to a wet match, bro. <laughs> right? Oh, it's all love, baby. Yes, sir. So, yeah, uh, so you got hit up, huh? Yeah, I got hit up. I said, I go over there and go, hey, man, hey, who do you run with, dude? I said, well, who do you claim? I said, what do you mean who do I claim? He goes, who do you run with, man? What gang? I run with the Leons, Holmes. He goes, who the fuck the Leons? I said, me, myself, and I. I don't run with a gang. I, I stay by myself, dude. Okay, what are that man, right? Yeah, fucking cool. You can sit here and eat. I just stood by myself, dude, right? But I had to eat with my kind, right? So yeah, so I got out of jail, man. And it's funny, man. Everyone I got when they called my fucking number to do you know, fucking get out, everyone came over to my fucking bunk and they raided me, dude. They raided my pillow, my blanket, my toothbrush, my comb, whatever <laughs> shit I had left over, right? Because they knew I was getting out. They wanted all the extra shit, dude, right? Right. And you're in there with fucking people with fucking misdemeanors to to motherfucking, you know, women abusers, dude, right? Shit like yeah. that. It's, it's fucking crazy. That's just what it is, right? Yeah. But yeah, that was my experience with fucking jail, dude. It's right, fucking so, nuts. So, I didn't think so you back to this, man, right? Yeah, so, doing the drugs. <laughs> yeah, for, doing the drugs, 32, win the military, man. And I enjoyed it, dude. And, you know, I tell people this all the time, man. 99% of the military sucked ass for me. I hated it. It fucking, you know, I wanted to go home and quit. But that 1%, outweighs 99 for me it's because of the fucking you know the brotherhood you build the fucking sense of duty you have when you put the uniform on right the sense of purpose you have for fighting for your country not a lot of people get that right only us one percenters get that shit mm. you know my wife's a big military supporter right and even getting out of the military 
you know, the VA has been good to me and not good to me. It's a fucking roller coaster. Like a lot of us fucking know we have to fight for what the fuck we want to get. Right. For real. But we have to fucking fight for something. My wife's like, why? So a lot of people don't know when I got out, I was 60% rated. Right. And I didn't fight for more. They gave me medication for PTSD and all this other shit, dude. And I didn't take it, man. I couldn't function. I was a zombie. Right. So I didn't mm -hmm. take the medication. Well, because I didn't take the medication and I didn't fucking go to the meetings. They took my rating down to 2% or 20% because they thought I was better. Right. Just because I found another way to deal with my fucking PTSD a different way. Right. Yep. So I had to fight for that. So I fought for that. I had to go to another rating. And mm -hmm. like, I've always said this, if, if you're not the military and you ain't been part of what we've been through, how can you rate us for what we are? Right. Who, who, who makes you, what makes you educated enough to judge us? Right. So when I went for my re-rating, I went through met a, ther a therapy session with a psychologist and he was a retired first sergeant. Right. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I don't know why the fucking VA fucks with people like us and like you and this, he goes, but just tell me your story. So I told him my story about my PTSD, what I did to the ice cream man here. And my wife tripped out. Cause I asked the guy, he's missing a hand. I said, are you a bomb maker or a fucking thief? Right. I wanted to kill this motherfucker, dude. Right. Yeah. And just the shit that I dealt with. Right. And, he, and I, I just told him the stories I had, dude. My wife gets, she trips out. She goes, why do you always fucking, you go up to these fucking, you know, Afghans here and they're sitting outside the house. And I go up to them and say, Hey, sing it, Judy. I want that motherfucker to know I'm here. Right. I know right. they're fucking there. Dude, right. Yep. So, you know, so they gave me my fucking rating back up to 90%. Okay. Right. Everything was increased. You know, they, they gave me, he even put in uh PTSD with second alcohol disorder. Cause I, I told him I drink my fucking shit to sleep. Right. I, I drank a lot. That's what they got right? So in my, in my fucking, in my file, it says alcohol disorder. Right. Yep. So it's that 90%. Right. So last year I'm fighting for this climb. I'm trying to, fuck, I'm going to get hundred percent. I'm trying to fight for hundred percent. My back's fucked up, dude. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, um, I put in a claim a year ago, uh, a year. So June of 2022, I put in a claim to start for uh, a re-rating. Right. Okay. And time went on and I just, I forgot about it. So back in March or April, April, you know, this fucking, uh, you know, the toxic exposure uh, shit that came out, right? And, and, yep. and I wanted to see what this was about. So I inquired on it to try to get it increased with that way. And right, because we're all exposed to some bullshit, dude. Yep. Um, there is this, I'm going to give a shout out to these people, dude, because they helped me. So Vet Link Solutions, okay? okay. It's, a, it's a vet group that basically has their own lawyer and they do all the paperwork for you, right? So when I got in contact with them, dude, um, they said, uh, they asked me what my ratings were and I gave them a list of all my ratings, what they mm -hmm. were. And they said, we're going to focus on your back okay. and your lower extremities. Right. Cause, uh, so we did, and this was a year later and I had maybe two months to get all this done before my fucking, my year expired on this claim I started. Right. Right, right, right. So it was pushed through and rushed. So they, 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 I gave them all the information. They sent me this form. I filled out everything that I could as medical form about how I could bend to the right, to the left. Why can't I bend? And there's times I couldn't even carry my daughter up the stairs. Or there's times I couldn't even fucking walk myself up the stairs. I had to sleep on the fucking couch, right? Let me, let me uh, paint a picture real quick for the listeners, <laughs> uh, if you don't mind. Let me pause real quick. Yeah. When you go to get ratings for, uh, for your back or for your neck, anything that's musculoskeletal, as they call it, um, 
they go by something called range of motion. Motion. All yeah. right. So that means they're going to see how far you can bend forward, back, side to side, your neck and all that. And they try to fuck us in there. They yeah. try to fuck us. Because here's the thing about it. I try to tell a lot of cats when they're getting out. The moment you feel anything tense, stop. Because, yeah, yeah you might be able to yeah. bend all the way down, but it's going to hurt like fuck. They don't see that. They don't feel no. the pain you're going through. So if you bend a quarter inch forward and it hurts, stop right there. And yeah. they're going to fucking try to tell you, like, oh, I saw you bend over to take your shoes off. Or I saw you doing this. They're going to try because they're tra- – they're, look. The, they're trying the to take money. CMP doctors are not your fucking friends. All right? No. From the moment you walk in and they ask you, how's your day going? You tell them, Bad. shitty. Tell them yeah. it's shitty. Because if you put in there, oh, it's going pretty good. They'll be like, patient said it's going pretty good. You know what I'm yeah, saying? And no, all yeah. that shit falls into you. So I just want to cut you off there real quick so I could... No, you're good, man. That's great. That's good. Why the VA... Why there's a, a, a love-hate relationship with the VA. Sometimes yeah. you get some cool motherfuckers that know, and then you got other motherfuckers that they're just... Their whole job is to keep money within the government. So, sorry, brother. Go ahead, man. Go no, ahead. you're good, bro. And you're absolutely right. So... <clears throat> So going with this vet link solutions, right? So I got a hold of them. They sent me this form. I filled it out by range of motion. I did this. I did this. I did this, right? So I sent it back to them and they cleaned it up, right? They, they, they doctored it, I call it, right? Okay. And so what they did was, so I had to call the VA and I had to put them on the phone with me and give them permission to speak for me for the VA. And they asked for a fucking certain thing. I can't remember what the fuck they asked for. That's for certain papers and certain this, right? Right. So then the next step of that was scheduling a, a physical with a, a, a a non VA doctor, right? So they have, so they have their own uh, reps that give you that will rate you and stuff. Right. And they're not, they're not related to the VA. They're associated with the VA. There's a difference between that. Right. Because if you go with the VA, those doctors will try to fuck you. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Like you were saying, so me and, uh, so I had an appointment scheduled. I had to go all the way to Frisco, me and the wife, the wife with me, right. Mission district in the ghetto, bro. The fucking ghetto. So we go there to this doctor, right? And we get up there, and it's it's like one of those fucking just walking ghetto clinics, man. And we go in there, and the doctor comes in and puts in the thing, and he's asking me about my claim because the VetLink solution set it up, and he's reading, and I know they have a thing going, right? And this is it's okay. So he's the first thing he said was, "I'm here to get more money." That's the first thing he said, right? Didn't know if that was a trick question or not. So I said, "No, I'm here to check out my back," right? Right. So he goes, okay. So he starts talking to me. He starts making me do fucking little things, this and that. And then he, after a while, he sits me down. And he goes, okay, I'm going to approve your claim. He's all, but you really need to go see your primary care physician if this is what's really bothering you. He knows why we're fucking there, right? right? He knows the gig. So right. we leave. The letter comes straight to the fucking VA. The VetLink Solutions get this fucking, this, this, uh, the letter for me. Right. So it gets up to approval to get my rating, right? They denied it. No, no. They accepted it, but it didn't warrant a hundred percent. It only warranted it was like it went from fifteen um, percent to twenty percent, which didn't warrant a hundred percent. Right? So the back, let me let me let me let me put in some knowledge for these folks, because I had the back issue as well. So for your back problem, depending on how much you flex, they're gonna rate you. And if you could bend like this far to them, they're good. That's about a twenty percent that you're gonna get. All right. Twenty percent is like 
the norm that they give for lower back pain. And then you got to tack in what's called radicalopathy, which is going to yep. be like uh, sciatica that, or pain that's going down your leg. That's an extra 10%. So, anywho, I get it. And for those that don't understand, like if there's any civilians listening, there's this thing called VA math where you think that because you got 50% for PTSD, 50% for sleep apnea, 50% for migraines, that right there is probably a grand total of about 50% total, yeah. maybe 60%. Because the yeah. way VA math works is your body is 100%. Then they take off 50%. Now, if you take off another 50%, it's going to be like 5% of the 50% that you have. It's fucking retarded. It so, is retarded sorry. how they do their shit. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right, dude. It fucking sucks, bro. Mm -hmm. Right? So the radio, radio that you're talking about inside of him, that's what I went for. They gave me 20%. So when the Vetling Solution called me and said that I get my rating in, I said, "Yeah, this is what they said." They go, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna send we're gonna have you send that information to our lawyer. You know, he's pro bono, so he's not gonna give you any advice. He's just gonna tell you either send it up for hire or go back and do this, right?" All so right, he looked it up. Background, good kid crying. My bad. That's good, though. I got kids here too, right? So he. I sent it up to the lawyer. The lawyer called me back and he tells me, you need to send this up for higher review. They're fucking you. That's what he told me. So I did. So June of, so everything got submitted for my year mark before my year mark before it expired. Right. Mm -hmm. So April, the end of April, beginning of June was the end. So this is all in process now. So back in June, I sent up the review for hire June of last year. And I waited. And I waited and I kept checking my rating app to see because sometimes it'll pop up, right? Oh, yeah. And I waited, dude. And I waited for fucking six months, dude, right? Maybe seven months. And then I called and I said, you know, I'm calling on my rating you know, for a higher review. And he goes, well, let me put it in. We're really backlogged and busy right now. Right. So, you know, I kept checking. So one day I'm at work. I always was at work and I always check my fucking rating. I just started this job and I was up in Stockton, right? Doing solar at a, a, a fucking. Stutter Health Hospital, and I'm in my car, right? And this guy Matt's next to me, and I open up my app, right? And it said 100% rated service connected disability. And I fucking jump out my car, dude. I did fucking fat man backflips, dude, screaming and hollering, hoo, 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 right? Oh, yeah. He's like, what the fuck's going on? I said, I got my rating of 100%. I called the wife. She goes, you're full of shit. I took a picture and I sent it to her. She goes, what the fuck, dude, right? Oh, my God. So that company, Vet Lake Solutions, right? Mm -hmm. By going with them... They helped me get my 100% because they they knew what to say. They knew what to do. They knew the in and outs. They even told me if the VA calls you and tells you you need to come in to get reviewed with one of their physicians, you don't have to. You tell them, no, you already had a professional um, a VA link doctor look at you. Right. That's good enough. Right. This is the shit that people don't know because the VA will scare you and shit. Right. So. You good? Oh, okay. yeah. Kids over there, Don't yelling. worry about the kids, man. You know, hey, that's part of life. So, <laughs> you know, they got me this 100%, right? Now, yeah. the key with them is this, man. They told me this. This is how we get paid. Mm -hmm. We don't get paid if you don't get an increase. But if you get an increase, we get 2% of what the difference is from your rating here to your rating there, right? So I, I got 2% increase, or I had to pay them 2% of 90 to 100%. I got a, a year back pay, mm -hmm. a year back pay because my claim was open up the following year, right. a year back pay for, um, being a hundred percent. So it's me, my wife and my daughter. That's three, that's two dependents, right? That's a nice that's chunk four, change. That's $4,200 a month now. 
minus the difference I was getting, which was 20, what babe, we were getting 20, 2,300 before we got the hundred percent, $2,100, right? Is what we were getting. Mm -hmm. So I ended up paying, uh, paying them six grand. That was the thing. And it was a lump sum out of what I got right. money. I didn't have, it was, it was worth it because they helped oh, me yeah. get the 100%. I mean, if, they only, if they only got you for six grand, that's awesome. They okay. fought, they fought for me to get my hundred percent. And a lot, right. a lot of people don't know with that hundred percent, right? Dude, there there opens up a world a of lot. shit, dude. Right? Mm -hmm. It opens up our property tax partially gets paid for for our house. Oh yeah. Thank you. My wife says make sure too that you have to be P and T. Hundred percent P and T. That's the oh. difference between. Go ahead. So uh, just to break it down for those people out there, P and T is permanent and total. All right. And, um. And here's the thing. You when you get out specifically for like let's say mental issues for PTSD for any kind of mental issues, they're gonna put you on what's called PDR or TDRL, temporary disabled retirement. Well, it depends if you're retiring from the army or, or never mind. You know what? We're talking VA side, not a not a DOD retirement. So my bad. I'll stop right there because I'm gonna talk <laughs> just keep going, dude. You're, you're right though. You no, permanent because, and total, right? So permanent and total is they can never take your rating or re-rate you again. Uh oh. I, Talk to me out on that. Time out on that. All right. Um, they do. They can. I'll say they can go in there because right now there's this dude. I want you all. If if you're military and you're um and if you're um on the VA, uh, do me a favor. Look up this dude uh called. He's a fucking cowboy dude. He was an Air Force. Oh, he's uh, the. Fuck, I can't remember my, his name right now. But anyway, anyway, they can and they will. Um, especially if there's like a, a three-year rule, a five-year rule, a ten-year rule, and then there's one. They can re-rate you anytime, bro. They can. Okay, that's you. news to me. That's news one to me. Thing I will tell you one thing. I will tell you, even if you're PNT, um, if for some reason you decide to file another claim, they're yeah. gonna open up all your fucking claims. Well, they're gonna try to get you. One of them. They're gonna uh, yes, and they will try to find. I had to go. I opened up a. Uh, I reopened a claim for our TBI for the yep. traumatic brain injury. And, of course. Um, what that ended up doing was opened up all my claims again. So I had to go take CMPs for my back for yep. my PT. And then they what they ended up doing was linking my PTSD with my TBI so that they wouldn't rate me Pay twice at once. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and it's a different. It's a different thing. TBI is different than PTSD. Combat, Craig. right? Check out Combat Craig on YouTube. Combat Find Craig, him. exactly. Find TBI is different. Hey, we oh, as artillery man could get TBI for just some fucking pulling the string, right? Because oh, yeah. you get the concussion, and that's where I was playing. But we, that's it's TBI. You don't have to be blown up on a rollover, right? Bro. You don't have to get rocketed next to you pulling artillery string. Give you TBI, bro. I'm telling you, there's a there was actually a study that came out that I um I I shared and I talked about it on the podcast as well. There was a study that came out about um. A bunch of artillery men that they ended up, you know, being diagnosed with PTSD. All yeah. right. Even though they never they never um they never saw combat like face to face. You know what I mean? Yeah. So check this out. What ended up happening, there's a study about this. What ended up happening that because of the concussion from the blast of the cannon, it makes micro tears into your brain. Yes. And here's yes. the fucked up part about it. Here's the fucked up part about it, Leon. They can't tell if they have it or not until post-mortem until they're dead and they cut open the brain dude, that's bullshit, they're, dude. they're fucking microscopic tears in the brain they can't go into your brain until dude. you're dead 
So there, uh, there's a study about that, y'all. Um, and I'll probably post a link about it later on on the Facebook. Yeah, but you yeah, should, dude, man. It's education. A lot of fools, they ended up offing themselves, bro. They, dude, they never, they never, the they thing. were never in combat. I mean, they were in combat, yeah. but they were only doing the cannon shit. That, that's distance. okay. And, and I know it's a different thing, but that's like the football players getting that TBI, yeah, right? From getting hit. Yeah. Same fucking thing, dude. Same yeah. fucking thing. TBI yeah. is the same thing whether you're at fucking war, shooting fucking cannons, yeah. getting blown up. Head trauma. It's head yeah. trauma. So for mine, what mine was from was from um, on my second deployment, there was a grenade um, concussion that went off and, you know, the blast and all that bullshit. And I ended up getting a fucking TBI. I didn't even know I had a TBI because of that, bro. Yeah. They, um, but check this out. They don't tell you. No, they don't. They Well, they didn't. I didn't find out until I was getting out. But um, yeah, anyways, I did too. Same fucking thing. We're going to circle back because this is not my story. This is Leon's story. So Leon, check it. Um, no, dude, this is good shit, dude. Share your story. It's all of our stories, bro. Yeah, because what we talked right. about earlier, man, it's 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 our stories, whether people want to hear my story or not or yours. Right. With the drugs and, and the suicide and all this shit, it, it's to help other people to make sure that they know that they're not the only ones out there that are probably going to this and feeling lonely yeah. and, and isolated. Right. And I, nice. I, I could I could talk freely about my shit. And if that could help somebody else out, bro, then why not? Why hold so it in? Right. You know what? That's a good segue, bro. So let's go ahead and segue uh, to to all uh, the difficulties you were having when you got out then. And well, we did all that, didn't we? Did, did we all talk already all that? Yeah, we could do a little a uh, little forward of that. You know, the troubles I was oh, having yeah. when I got out, right? Whatever. Was you know finding what? a sense of purpose again. Trying That's to find a job. Part. That's the hard part. Right? Trying and and having kids in a family. I'm not trying to take away from that, right? Having kids, those are my sense of purpose, but it's different. Because you meant something in the army, right? You had, you wore that uniform. You had a job to do. You had a duty. You were proud. And I'm a proud dad. And I'm not trying to take it away. But it was trying to find where you fit in in society again. Because when I came out, dude, I didn't know who to talk to. Uh, everything was military lingo to me. When I when I met my my wife, we talked in the garage, right? And all I kept doing was like a stupid ass in my eyes was I'm sure pictures of my deployments and all these military pictures. And I'm talking about military and, I, and I'm thinking about, she's like, she, she's interested in it. But if it was somebody else, I'm like, this motherfucker, that's all he got. That's all he's talking about. I didn't know how to act. Right. I didn't no, know how to act. And, you know, that's a fucked up thing. And you're a grown man. Now, I'm a grown this. ass man, dude. And a little kid this. body mindset, dude. Right? No, but think about for the young kids that go in and they do, you know, between six to 10 years or all the way through their whole career. When yeah. they come back out, you know, time stops when you're in the military. Yeah. You know, it, well, it keeps going, but. When we got in, like, for example, when I came in, it was 2004. And when I got out, I expected things to still be like it was in 2004. No. Now, the problem was no. it wasn't. And even though we lived in society or within us, but we even though we lived. We lived in, in a, a society, fob, bro. It was a well, fob. OK. Yeah. I mean, but what I'm thinking about it is like, you know, we lived in a city that's within a city. So yeah. we thought that we were hip to everything that's going on in the world. But now, nah, because even the town that we live in is a militarized town. Yeah. You know, so in yeah. our culture, our subculture, I should say, is completely different than that of civilians. It is. Now, it is. you tack on combat experience into that, oh, deployments yeah. into that, you know, it's a really difficult thing to, you know, interact back into the civilian sector. And like you were saying, especially stock, talking to not just females to pick up, but, you know, talking to regular civilians. Just on, the regular the people, dude. It, yeah. It's a difficult thing, dude. It's different, man, right? And especially for people 
like me, right? There's a lot of us. I'm going to, I know I'm, I'm not going to assume there is a lot of us, right? So, you know, when I joined the military, I joined August 1st, 2006. Okay. Went to Fort Sill, Oklahoma, did basic training for nine weeks, right? Went straight to AIT, right? Into AIT, was there for Exodus, right? And then February, went straight to Fort Benning, Georgia for Airborne School, okay? Went to Fort Benning, Georgia. By March 1st, I was at 4319 Bamberg, Germany, 173rd, right? Different lifestyle, different culture, different oh, yeah. everything, right? Deployed April 1st to Afghanistan. It was going to be from April to April. Got extended. I was there till, uh, I did 15 months Damn. in Afghanistan. Okay. I reenlisted while I was deployed because at that time, me and the kid's mother were trying to work things out. Her family's from Colorado. So I said, let me, let me reenlist to Fort Carson, Colorado. They're doing stop loss anyway. Stop loss was zapped this time, right? So let me re-enlist and go to Colorado. We could get things working out. And so I fought for Colorado, right? Mm -hmm. And I finally got it. Well, when I got Colorado, you know, she's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to Colorado. I'm not working things out, right? So now right. I, I enlisted for another four years, three years on my, on my thing, and I'm, I'm stuck in the military. Okay. <laughs> right? So, so August... September. So March 2009, right? I went to PCS to Fort Carson, Colorado. Sergeant Major comes up to me in improvising and says, Hey, I heard you came from fucking Afghanistan. You're, we're going to the same provinces you were, right? Uh, Calagouche and Medellin and, and uh, Monty and all that shit, right? RCE. Do you want to waive your dwell time and go back with us? Or you can stay here, Rear D. I'm not fucking doing rare D. Give me the yeah. paper. Let me sign. So I was back six months, right? Then they deployed back to have same AO I was at. Right. As I'm going through, uh, going through fucking um, Kuwait and all this other shit, right? I see people fucking going out as I'm coming back in. They're like, what thought you were fucking back out of here? So I came right back, man. So my first few years in the army was, was deployment, dude. That's all I yeah. knew. So you get sucked into that fucking deployment life, right? You, hey. you, it was it was it was music to my ears to hear the fighting going on, right? It, hey, and I wanted to ask about that. Let the people know, like, what it's like for um for how am I thinking about um? Let people know how you felt when you first got your orders to deploy. I was scared then, shitless. Right, and then how you kind of look forward to deploying afterwards, oh, though, dude. Man, so when I got my orders to go to Afghanistan, I knew. I mean, when I signed up, I knew there was that high possibility we're going to go. Right, so when you get those orders to go, right, mm -hmm. you're like, "Fuck, dude, I'm going to war. Am I going to come home, or am I not coming home?" Right, and and one of my uh, section leaders told me this, and it stuck through me with my army career, even when with the fourth ID when I had my own section. When we go home, you make peace with who you have to make peace with. You give forgiveness. You come back with a clear heart, a clear mind, and a clear conscience. Because if you don't, you're you're not going to be there 100%, and you're going to put everybody in jeopardy. That's what they told me, right? So I went home. I said, you know, my sorries to whoever gave forgiveness, you know, all the stupid shit you held on to, right? And so fucking going to Afghanistan, you're there. 
and you're scared because your first time there for me, I'm 40, I'm, I'm 32 years old, right? I think I was 33 at this time. You know, and I'm the old guy, right? I'm fucking scared because you, you get to the fob boots on ground. You're looking around like, what the fuck's going to happen? Right. Well, you're expecting all that shit to happen, right? Yep. Nothing fucking happened for about fucking four or five months, dude. So then what do you do? You become complacent. You complacent. Complacent. Right? You know, complacent for those kills. that don't hear, we were on the same time. We said complacent because complacency yeah. fucking kills. 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 So we're walking around the fob, bro, right? And I remember walking around with my NCO and I was a PV2 at this time. And we're walking around Fob Caligoose. That's when my first deployment was Fob Caligoose, right? In Nuristan province. And all of a sudden I hear this fucking boom, and I'm fucking looking up, dude. Like, what the fuck am I looking at? My like a tonto, right? And I'm and my NCO grabs me, goes, hit the fucking ground, dude. So I hit the fucking ground, hit the ground, and fucking boom. Right, and we get up and run into the fucking bunker. We're running the bunker, and I'm in there. And he goes, "You stupid motherfucker! You don't ever look up like you're fucking want to see what's going on." That's a rocket. You fucking hit. You ain't out racing a rocket. So you hit the fucking floor, right? That was my first experience of someone. And I realized at that point, I realized that they're trying to kill me. This is no joke. This is real life. They're they're trying to kill us, right? And you, and we're we're sitting ducks. We're on a fob. And we have mountains all around us. So they're shooting fucking 107s, dude, right? At us. And we're like, we can't run off the fob. Where are we going to fucking go? To the river off a cliff? Right? <laughs> dude, we're sitting fucking ducks, dude. That's the funniest shit when you see all these fucking cops and all these fucking in the yeah. middle of uh, in, our, in RC East. Like, for example, I went to Monty, bro. And I went there to go visit the homies and shit. And I'm looking around like, we're yeah. down here. The yeah. mountains are all <laughs> around us. What are we gonna do? Was this <laughs> right? Yeah, and that's what we were. We were sitting ducks. So from that moment on, you always had your head on a swivel. You knew that it was real, and you had gunfights, right? And this one, I was with the fourth of three nineteen hundred seventy third, right? And I remember, man, one time we we're on the fob, dude, and uh, QRF went out. No, a patrol went out, and uh, he was this. This gentleman was part of PRT, man. I have his paper in my fucking box, dude. Uh, Sergeant Harris, and uh, he was in the turret, right, with the 50 cal. And uh, his head, he got hit with the RPG, his head blown off, dude, right? And then the RPG went inside the fucking turret, the Humvee, right? And the fucked up thing was, bro, is we were activated as QRF, and we couldn't do anything because you had cook off all these 50 rounds. So we had to wait, bro, mm -hmm. until the, we had to wait until the next day to go recover his body because the cook off all the 50 cal ammo, ammo in there. Plus the two, four, nine, whatever else everybody had. Right. So it's like 4th of July, dude. And sitting and waiting and knowing that one of your brothers is fucking dead yeah. and no one knew to the extent until we got there. Right. And, and it's fucked up, dude, because you know, when you get there and this is someone you played cards with someone you talked to, right. Someone you, everyone had a fob bond. I called it right. We all fucking, even though we came from different areas of the military, we all had a fob bond, whether we played Texas, hold them in the defect, right. Yeah. Dominoes, man, spades, you name mm -hmm. it. Right fucking horseshoe tournaments dude we had a bond with some with these people and they became brothers right and to see one of these guys like that bro it was fucking it sucked right and that's when reality fucking really hit in that this is fucking real dude this is this is no fucking joke yeah you know um, it, 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 it's crazy right it, and that's shit it, that lives with my memory dude all the time right Yep. And this is what we have, what we call some people it's PTSD, some people uh, nightmares or whatever. And dude, it's just, to me, it's, it's, there's a few dates that I have that are memories of fucking people I lost, right? People we lost, people we knew yep. we lost, right? 
And that's just it. My wife knows. She understands. When I met my wife, you know, I fucking, uh, my, I was all over the place going to bed, nightmares, screaming, fucking this. And she used to tell me, she goes, I used to fucking wrap on your back like a fucking cowboy, just bear hug you and just ride you, dude, and to calm you down. And she goes, over the time, you would just literally just calm down and calm down and calm down, right? Yeah. So she's been a big part of my fucking, my recovery, right? Even yeah, until the day 10 years later. Like you know, right. it definitely sounds like it, you know, and, and big shout outs to uh to Mrs. Leon over there. Big props because um, it takes a special kind of woman to uh it to does. deal with us. I'll tell it you, does, you know, dude. especially like at nighttime um, when I'm in bed, I twitch. I didn't even yeah. know I twitched like I twitch at night. I yell at night. I start speaking in a different language for some reason. Sometimes <laughs> I, um, I laugh because I relate. Yeah, dude. And no, then, I laugh like, because I relate. My old lady, because I told her, I don't be twitching. What are you talking about? She recorded me, bro. And yeah. I was literally twitching, like twitch, twitch. My, I would kick yeah. my leg. Sometimes she wakes me up because I sleep with a CPAP on because of the, yeah. of the snoring, right? Well, sometimes because the, C, the CPAP doesn't even stop the snoring. It just gets louder and louder. And she knows that's when I'm having like a bad dream. Apparently, yeah. like my breathing starts going down. And she wakes me up, dude. So shout out to all the wives out there that are the real yeah. ones that stick with us. Because you know what, if it wasn't for your support, if it wasn't for that support, honestly, we we'd be lost, bro. Not just lost. I mean, I'll tell you what, I think that the drugs by now would have taken you to an end. You know, and they would have. I'm telling you, congrats on the fucking first of all, congrats on 100 percent Congrats on being able to kick the damn drugs and fucking um and it's an everyday, it's an everyday hustle. It's an everyday it hustle. And, 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 and it's not like it just disappeared. It's a fight all the time. My wife asks yeah. me, we have a conversations all the time, right? She'll tell me, why do you crave it? What, what makes you crave it? I need to understand. I said, I just should just, just do sometimes, you know, I'll tell you why I'll tell you, has your wife ever done drugs? She has when she was younger and she okay. kicked the bucket, dude. Right. Okay. And well, she's stronger thing. than she, me. Right. So when I would tell her, like, <laughs> do you remember the high you used to get? I yeah. crave that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I tell you what, I got alcohol in my house now. I'm, I have allowed alcohol in my house now. I've been sober since 2018. Congratulations, and man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. But, um, you know, um, I've allowed it in here finally. I don't drink, though. I don't drink liquor. I don't drink beer. And I've gotten to the point where I know that I can be without it, you know? Yeah. And I pray that you get there, brother. And I know you will. Oh, You're yeah. a strong-headed motherfucker. But, you know, the thing is, too, is like, like I said, I battled drugs forever. And even coming out of the military, she has been a part of that, right? That's been a big issue in our relationship, right? Yeah. And she should have left a long time ago, right? She should have yeah. left on many different fucking occasions, right? And she did it. And then this last time that everything came to light, mm -hmm. you know, she, she was pissed. And I thought she was leaving me, right? I really thought she was going to fucking leave me, man. And fool. she should have left me, right? You, but she didn't. You got leave that one hundred percent, fool. She ain't leaving one hundred percent. But the thing with my wife is this, bro. I don't, She's bro. not. But listen, and a lot of people might be different though. So my wife's not about materialistic shit. She right. give two fucks about the, you know, uh, the military shit. Because I told her, right, without rewind back again, the hundred percent rating, right? You, your wife gets survival benefits, right, right, when you pass away. And if people don't know, you could get rated for more than hundred percent. You're just compensated for hundred percent. So that difference of the 100% you're rated for, let's say you're rated for 130%, your wife gets a lump check sum of whatever the cost is for that 30% when you die. You were telling me about that. I have to look that up. I want to I get some more. Um, 
Yes, that is true. Look into that. that. Yeah. Look into I was told that by the people who the lady from the VA when I did the toxic evaluation, right? She yeah. told me that. She goes, Your wife will get more than a lump sub check, more than you're rated for hundred percent. And before anybody goes off on me about talking shit about Leon's wife not leaving because of the <laughs> of the VA hundred percent, it's a fucking joke, y'all. That's how we joke yeah. out here in the military. If you couldn't get handle that joke, you would not have made it on the gun line. No, you tame. wouldn't, dude. You ain't <laughs> got thick skin, dude. Shit, hey, right? no pinkies up, thumbs up for you, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, dog. Uh, I want to change the topic a little bit here. Go bro. ahead. We've been going for about an hour now, and uh, it's okay. I got dude, time. No, I was thinking like I was. I was listening to your childhood growing up, and I was thinking about yeah. my childhood. There goes my daughter running in the background. It's okay, man. I love that, dude. <laughs> so, That's family. It shows you I keep it real. But uh, you got to. dude, I trip out. You know how we're talking about kids and family and how we love our kids. And um, I was watching a documentary last night uh, about this bitch named Gypsy Rose Blanchard because apparently she made a big deal now. She just got paroled uh, earlier this month, right? Have you ever heard of her? No, you heard of her, babe? Gypsy Rose Blanchard? Is she the one that killed her husband or something or killed her kid? She killed her mom, bro. Okay, yeah, she killed her mom. So her, her mom was her like boy- that Munchheimer's disease girl, right? Always Munch- making her sick. <laughs> and again, that's why, that's why we're 13 Bravos, y'all. That's why we pull string, go boom. <laughs> hey, don't <laughs> fucking judge me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that was it, Munchheimer's. This is real. You're gonna get bro, Munchhauser, Munchheimer, dude. Hey, yeah. at least I know the part of it, bro. Yeah, okay, Munchhausen, Munchhausen by proxy. Yeah, dude. So I watched the whole thing on her, bro. Yeah, and, like, that's crazy. Her mom literally had her in a wheelchair her whole life, bro. Yeah, giving her medicine, making her like she was sick, this and bro. sick that when she wasn't. What trips me out is doctors went along with this shit. They put a feeding tube in her belly, fool. Yeah, see, and that's what killed me with these doctors, dude. Yeah, right. They should be held accountable too. Fuck yeah! I mean, where's the due diligence? So it just like I love my kids. Yeah, you know, but damn, if I was like that, I started thinking like, is she guilty for what she did? Is she wrong for? No, she's not guilty, man. Fuck that. My in my eyes, my so all you motherfuckers out there, before you want to judge me, in my opinion, she's not guilty, right? Mm -hmm. She's not. She did what she did because her mom. Put her in the position to make her pretend like she was sick. And, and she almost lost her mind, right? And once you lose your mind, bro, you ain't getting it back. We all that, know that. That was abuse what she did to her, bro. Yeah. That was abusive. Like making That's her like speak- someone fucking getting raped and someone killing that person, right? Hey, more power to you, bro. You're fucking dead. But in this society in the world, oh, it's okay. Right? Fuck that, dog. That's not okay. And then and then having a rape baby and growing up with a baby knowing that someone, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Man, yeah, I, mean, I, I, could, I don't want to go into different topics, bro. But when, oh, we can. <laughs> we can. It could go fucking all the way to the left or to the right, right? Because yeah, a lot of people are not going to agree with what my opinion is or what your opinion is, right? It's the gun line, baby. We all disagree all the time. We have different opinions. I tell you oh, what, yeah. I think they should bring back public executions. Oh, yeah, I do too. And I, yeah. hey, an eye for an eye. And all these motherfuckers that we got to pay for in jail that deserve to be in there and our tax dollars go to them, they should have sent those motherfuckers to the front of the line at war and put them in there first. Let them you go in first, funny, bro. Dude? You know what's funny, um, I've been I I I double I've fucking fell into this damn prison genre uh uh on YouTube. Like, you know, and um like there's a lot of fools that just got out, like a lot of lifers that got out because yeah. they were convicted of um of of murder and shit like that before they were like 21, 20, 20 19. They're and going because, back to the same shit. But because the um their mentals isn't fully developed, 
they were allowed to get a retrial and see what their mental stability would have been at that time. I think that's cool, man. I get, it gives a lot of people a second chance. You know what I mean? Especially if they were young, like eight, 16, 17, 18, you know. But I think I honestly think that the military and I've been talking about this the past couple of days. I think the military is fucking up by not going into the barrios or, you know, into the into the jail system and giving them that choice. Like, hey, you can go ahead and get out of here early, but you're going to go and uh, join the country. Yeah. You know what? I think all those fools will make great fucking soldiers, bro. Fuck yeah, do it. I do too. Right? All, I 100% Rasa, agree with you. Yeah. Rasa are all about honor, are all about, you know, um, you know, I remember. Structure. Yeah. I remember when, like, when, when, when 9 11 hit and all of a sudden they're trying to fucking, you know, they're, they're fucking uh, uh, looking for soldiers, right? Come and listen. And a lot of them, you know, through the courts, man, one of these fucking soldiers I had, man, Gorhiro, right? He was one in those court systems. They said, you either go to the military or go to jail. Hmm. So a lot of them chose the military fucking site, right? And oh, yeah. some came out great. Some still did stupid shit. You yeah. know what I mean? And I it's just did just, a podcast on that, bro. It just actually happened shit. in your neck of the woods up uh, in yeah. Northern Cali. Uh, uh, there was a Marine that um, that he went kind of nuts out there and um, shot up a bunch of cops and shit. Uh, south of Modesto, I think it was. Somewhere, oh, somewhere that's over here. It, yeah, I, I met that guy. I know who you're talking. I think he was. He was he a Navy guy or a Marine? Marine. He was a Marine dude. Okay, it was a different guy I met then, but okay. I heard that story. Right? Yeah, this, this dude went. Uh, I guess he went to a store outside a liquor store. Um, I forget the name, Series or something like that. Is the yeah, there's the a town? series out there. Yeah, there's Series here by my town. Yeah, it's, no, is that the name of the town? Is Ceres yeah, or- Series because I live in Patterson, right? So for me, Patterson. If you go fucking west, I'm sorry. If you go east, you have you have Turlock Series, Modesto, Salida, right? Right. I mean, that's all within fucking thirty minutes okay. for me. So it happened there in that area. Yeah, and um, yeah. so, anyways, um, but they try to link it into gang related yeah. shit. And that pissed me off, dude. Yeah, everything gang related. They made a gang because okay, yeah, he might have been in his youth a gangster. Yeah. But, uh, what triggered him to go that way? You know, to to go and shoot up cops because nobody's just gonna go shoot a cop. Anyway, this is going way out into the weeds now. Bro. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> no, but it's something. Hey, but the thing with that is, man, everything leads into something. What we talk about, yeah, right? And it really does, man, because. I mean, I, like I said, we go far left, far right, but everything connects some way or somehow. And, and, and it all boils down to one thing, right? It's all military people we're talking about. Well, right? besides also, the Munchheimer's Hauser, whatever the fuck <laughs> that puta's name is, right? Dude, I tell you, I just finished reading this book. All right. Um, it's called SS. I, I saw you Hathaway. post that on Facebook, man. How was that book? It's good, dude. This dude grew up literally down the street from where I, I grew up at. Really? And, um, yeah. Uh, he went into the. What's Navy. it called again? Give a shout out. What's that book called again? Essa to Master Hefe, or uh, the white way, essay to Master Hefe, for those uh, <laughs> no sabo kids out there. <laughs> no, but it's a trick. This dude went from E1 to E9, bro. Um, yeah. In the Navy. And I, like I said, in any branch, E9 is a rank that you just don't make automatically. You got to work your ass off. And yeah, he made it especially in, about in the Navy. Years. He made it in 18 years, bro. Yeah, especially in the Navy. My brother, uh, when he got out, he he made, which is even hard to get to, was second chief petty officer. No, master chief petty officer, right? Yeah. And then you have fucking second master no. chief petty officer. So there, is that think, what? Uh, the way he was explaining it, there's, uh, there's chief petty officer, senior petty officer, and master chief petty officer. Okay, so he was a senior chief petty officer my brother made, right? 
And that's equivalent to, I believe, a E8, E7, E8, right? And um, they try to buy him back his way in. And my brother, it took my brother 20 years to make that. And it's how my brother explained it to me. It's a fucking club within a club, right? The, the Navy. Oh, and, and to make that, make that, you have to be accepted by peers that you don't know. But once you make that club, it don't matter where you're at in this world. You could call on that person like we do, right, with the gun line. Yeah. And they'll always be there and do favors, right? It, it's a special bond. And my brother, it's pretty fucking cool to hear my stories, bro. I have to get him on here. You could talk to him, bro, right? Oh, yeah, that'd be badass. You know, he, did, he went in at 17, got out at 37, you know, was a, a boiler mechanic Ooh. on a, a ship, bomb oh. harbor shard ship, right? And he fucking switched over because he focused in the boiler. The boiler bubbled out, and once that boiler blows, you're dead, right? He's all fucked in some reclassing, so he ended up becoming a master arms. Okay. So he used to fucking, when he got older in, in the years, he used to guard nukes and shit at Travis Earl Base, everywhere around. Like, he, my brother would tell me, he didn't tell me shit, but he would sit there and say, if shit pops off, Dave... We don't, the U.S. don't talk about nothing, but everyone right. else flies their shit, right? Korea, Japan, right. you know, fucking Russia, right? But we don't say shit. He's all, dude, there's shit everywhere throughout this world. If someone pops off, we're going to knock them down that fucking quick. No you one really thing? fucking knows. Right? Uh, let's go ahead and start wrapping this one up because it's been about an hour and some change. And um, I, my balls are hurting still because um, I had a vasectomy <laughs> done, bro. I, I had one too. That, hey, the VA? Yeah. That shit hurt. Hey, oh. go back like this, right? Why? Why? I have when I had my vasectomy done, I'm in the fucking table, right? I'm laying down, and the doctor comes in and goes, Hey, we have an intern here. Do you mind if he does one of your nuts? And I'm just like, Why? Why do I got to get an intern doing one nut, bro? So they check this out. I'm, I'm in there, and the guy's doing my fucking nuts, and he's holding my dick. He's pulling apart. And I told the guy, So let me ask you something. He goes, Aren't you gay for fucking stroking my dick? And he goes, What? I said, You have my dick in one hand, and you're pulling it up, pulling it down, dude. <laughs> But yeah, dude, they dude. cut my fucking nuts, dude. Right? They give you a local, they give you a shot. Yeah. All right. And then he goes, Tell me if it hurts. And dude, the first time this dude started cutting, I feel him cut my shit. And I said, dude, I can feel that. You better stop. So he, he gave me more. Right. My nuts were about the size of fucking grapefruit, dude. I, yeah. My mom had a game. My mom bought me a jock strap to fucking hold them in. And, yep. you know, it, it sucked, dude. Bro, uh, let me tell you my experience as we're talking about. This. My wife called me a bitch. She calls me a pussy. She goes, You try giving hey, birth, dude. You know what? <laughs> my old lady tried to tell me that shit. You know, it's like, uh, she's like, I know what you're going through. Like, no, you don't. I have balls. You don't have balls hanging out. All right. You know, hey, my wife says we got women got bigger balls than men do. And I, some of us, some of them do, dude. My wife I'm, does. Her balls are bigger than mine, bro. Okay, I'm just saying, just imagine. So for me, though, all I felt, bro, like they were good with the injections, the numbing. That was cool. What hurt was when they grab your balls to Fine, they they're going to inject it. Yeah, bro. And they're just pulling. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> and, you know, I'm laying down on the bed. And they put the towels all around me and put my chorizo back and everything. And um, and they're doing their <laughs> thing. And I had the same thing. I had the one surgeon who knew what he was doing all about it. Boom, 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 done. Then I had the other dude who's learning how to do it. Learning. Bro, I could feel when he was putting the forceps on each side on the, and clamping <laughs> and the. Pull, you know, yeah, it hurt. And I'll tell you one thing I did learn, though. The biggest fear that I had was that needle going into my nut. And that's what I thought. I thought they numbed you by putting the needle in your nuts, inside your nut, not on the nut sack. So when when they when they were like, okay, you're going to feel a bee sting. And I'm like, oh, here it comes into my nut. And now I was just on the side. I'm like, oh, that's not bad. You know, it wasn't that bad. But afterwards, bro, I told, my, I told my lady, like, it feels like somebody grabbed my nuts, twisted the whole punched them and yeah. then you know it just feels like that the whole time and then they gave me this 
damn diaper that I was wearing to hold everything up there. And here's the worst part. She asked me what size. And I'm like, large, duh, because I'm thinking about my size of my waist. Yeah. I don't know if she was talking about the size of the cup, bro. I think when <laughs> I took my pants off, she must have been like, you ain't no large. Homie. You ain't large, puto. <laughs> You're a medium. <laughs> I'm like, hey, it's cold in here, all right? It's cold. Right? I'm going to go shore. That's fucking funny, dude. Hey, that shit hurt, though, bro. Like, yeah, dude, on, on the topic of the needles and shit, right? When I was probably yeah. early 20s, man, 30, 23 or some 24, I got circumcised, dude. So imagine oh, being circumcised at 23 and they take this needle, dude. There's still like fucking 18 shots around the head of your dick, bro. Right? The head of your dick. They're fucking just shooting this fucking lidocaine in the head of your dick. Then they're Why? cutting the skin. Dude, Why would you do that, dog? You, you I, I wish I didn't. I wish I still had the anteater, bro. You know what I'm saying? For, for real, dog. Damn. I'm you know, cool Mexican, man. You know, I don't need the mushroom tip. <laughs> Why are you squinching for, dude? It because hurts. That's just hurting just thinking that about it. It hurts, bro. I'm just wondering. <laughs> Did you turn Jewish food like I am? No, nah, dude, I had a bar mitzvah at 23, bro. That's what it was, okay? <laughs> nah, dude, because I used to get, like, infections and shit, and, you know, you don't clean the I, head I of your fucking... I clean my... Just sometimes it got infected a lot, right? And they said, well, you could do this, because people don't know, man, if you're not circumcised, you, I call it an anteater, right? You got that extra yeah. skin. Well, you got to pull it back. You got to fucking clean it. You got to fucking that, do everything, it right? You got to do everything. Not a smell that gets fucking... Smells like fucking cheese. old queso, right? Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes you, you get infections, dude, right? And you got to fucking clean them, dude. And sometimes fucking, you know, our grandson, they botched his, right? My wife's sitting there cheesing at me right now, just laughing like a <laughs> <laughs> This is what we She's talk about. She's calling the right? city dude. Hey, so I tell you this, man. I, I see my wife give birth, right? And yeah. and I got to give her that, man. So she had the, the bean cheese. What's it called, babe? The shot. Epidural? epidural shot right and the guy's you know, guinea pig was doing it to her right and her knees mm. jumping and shit right so they fucking gave her the epidural well they and then they gave her and she was able to do self-injection epidurals right and it only works for so long and then they only gave her so many so by the time we had the baby the epidural wore off and they couldn't give her another one because it wouldn't take in time so she mm. gave birth to the fucking to our daughter full-blown without shit nah, bro we don't believe her she was already high and, and, she was and dude i'll it. give her this bro she <laughs> she was a hey girl the, the fucking chart dude was fucking doing this shit dude right yeah. like her pain level dude off the chart oh, yeah. and, you know i couldn't sit down for an hour two hours like i had my fucking sweater on and she'd bury her chest in my fucking chest it was like two hours dude, okay one hour she said you know right what's funny is uh it reminds me of when she had when uh, my daughter was born my oldest uh you know like I was in there. I had just made a bet from Iraq on time for Mosul to go see uh, Emily born. And they were like, okay, we need you to hold your wife's leg and pull back. So I'm pulling back and I'm over here and I'm over here breathing with like, go. <laughs> I'm the one breathing. And then you know how you're supposed to, like, you, they want ice chips or some shit. Yeah. Where yeah. Apparently I offered my wife wood chips. Like you want me to get you some wood chips? <laughs> you were more fucked up than her, dude. Oh. Right? Oh, and and it's a shock to see all this shit, right? It, yes. it trips out. For those who ain't seen babies be born yet, man, you see the baby come out, right? And then the fucking umbilical cord and oh. all the fucking shit on their body and their hair, right? And you're just like, I was hella hostile. Like, what the fuck, bro? Right? And they took the baby, right? For my wife at this time, they called it a... Uh, uh, skin on skin, right? They call it skin right. on skin. So what they did was they fucking cut, I cut the umbilical cord, they tied it off, they barely wiped her off, dude, and they fucking gave her to my wife. So my wife fucking was able to have the baby right on top of her yep. for the first portion before they did everything else, right? So, you know, 
Seven years later, that skin on skin takes effect because my Severino is still in our bed. She won't leave. I right? it's all mama's child shit, dude. Bro, my son. Is he has that to way. smell her, dude. Right? She has to smell her. She has to breathe. She'll go out be playing, and my daughter will run back over here and take a whiff out of my wife. You know, what the hell are you doing? I needed to smell you, mom, real quick and take off, bro. She <laughs> Joe funny. Biden over there. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, the funny thing is, like when Emily was born, right? Um, Again, it was our first kid, and um, the doctor, like, they just kept numbing her up, and then one second to the next, they were like, the baby's coming, and so they called the fucking doctor in. The doctor comes in, no PPE whatsoever, fool. Big-ass Jamaican black dude out there in Hinesville, Georgia, goes, and then Linda's crowning. The baby's coming out. For some reason, I thought babies were born face upwards. Like, you know, you see their eyes, and you see their nose. They're face down, huh? Yeah, bro. So and she was hairy as fuck. So she looked like fucking um like cousin it coming out. And I'm like, Chewbacca, where's my I? daughter's face? I'm like, where's her, where's her face at, dude? And then the fucking doctor grabs her, pulls her out, and again, no PPE, so no gloves. He just grabs my daughter by the neck, pulls her out, squirts all this shit on his face, dude. It was right? fucking hilarious. Fucking nasty shit too, smelling and fucking yeah, all that fluid, amniotic fluid that's in the sack and all this shit, yeah, right, dude? That's what he gets yeah. from wearing PPE. But the thing no was, PPE. I was wondering, where's my daughter at? Where's her face? And then they turned around like, oh, yeah. there she is. That little squinchy-ass fucking face and shit, she dude, like right? alien with the cone head. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was all right, dude. It was, it was a good, I mean, I'm glad we had another baby when we did. You know, I mean, it was, uh, and like I said, her blessing, my oops, baby, right? We joke about it, but she's just a blessing in all disguise, dude, right? And as we asked if we wanted more later after her and you know, I did. She did it at first because you don't you don't know the risks, the health risks, yeah. right? And then I put this out there to my wife one day, and she didn't realize until I said it, right? I said, "We're old. We're in our forties, right? Our daughter is little. So right now, my wife's fifty-one. I'm fifty. My daughter's seven. Okay. Yeah. If something happens to us, who's going to take care of her? Right. Am I going to live to fucking uh, phone's going to die? If I'm going to live to see her get married and have kids, right? Because you look at the age difference, right? And, yes. and I'm going to be right in twenty years. I'll be seventy. Right. And she'll be 27. Am I going to live that long? Right. So we started thinking about shit. And then all of a sudden our, our whole outlook on things now go around that. What do we, what can we do to prepare her for life? If we're not here, pay the house off, leave her the house, just, just little things. You start thinking of shit like yeah, that. Right. It, 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 that shows Nobody can ever put the sauce in their name to make sure she don't. Get yeah. Sick. So what? What my wife and I did, or, or, or good, we're doing the process is when we're like my kids and her kids are older. They they're gonna have a good life, right? So the house we bought here that we live in, it's gonna go to my daughter, okay. right? It'll be everybody's house, but it's her house. And and one thing we're gonna do is when she's older, if she ever gets married, the house can never be put in his name. He can never take the house from her. It's gonna be hers and hers only until right. she either wants to sell it. Or what? Because you know how people are. They come in and want to get married, and now everything's there. It's not going to be like that. You know what I mean? It's it's her fucking sanction forever unless she sells it. Hey, fool. Um, we had a request come through the phones right now, and now okay. if you're okay to tell the story or not. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, let me um, let me plug in my phone real quick, man. Go yeah, ahead. yeah. And um, this will be the last story, so we can uh, close out the day. Um, it's going to be about the time. <laughs> Oh shit! Who's this from? <laughs> Let's just say Hafid. <laughs> oh fucking Hafid, bro! Yeah. <laughs> so, go uh, ahead. He says, "Um, ask him about the night he went out 
and woke up in some hotel parking lot. <laughs> oh, fuck that guy, dude. Really? I remember that story. <laughs> All right, man. For those okay, know, Pete, I love you, brother. Yeah, so here's that story, bro, okay? So uh, if y'all don't know, fucking uh, Sergeant De Jesus was getting married, right? And so we had a bachelor party at Simer's house. Go ahead, go ahead. And had this fucking uh, bachelor party at fucking Simer's house, man, right? And let me wait for him to get back, guys. Hold on. You know, he could hear this shit. Okay, you ready? So oh, check okay. this out, bro. I can still tell the story. All yeah, right, no, so I told yeah. everyone to hold the fuck on. You can hear the story too, man, right? Even All though right, you probably cool. remember it not. So uh, Sergeant De Jesus, man, right, was a platoon sergeant. He was getting married. We had a bachelor party at uh, Sergeant Simer's house, Andrew Simer. So we all go there, me, Carlos, and a bunch of people. And, you know, we had a couple beers and some appetizers, dude. And then we all headed out downtown towards Gasolina Alley, right? And then, so we went to Gasolina Alley. I parked my Jeep down there. He went into Gasolina Alley and fucking went up. You know, we had a drink inside. And mind you, I only had like two fucking beers at Simer's house, right? Yeah. Go inside. As Gasolina, he walked around, had one Jack and Coke. Went up to the third. Remember the third top, right? It was open at the rooftop, right? Ordered another drink. Okay. And Carlos was fucked up at this time, uh, Sergeant Medina. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I tell Carlos, we start going down and shit, dude. And I order my drink and I tell Carlos, I said, Hey, Hey, well, stay right here. I'll be right back, man. I'll come get you. Well, I never made it back. Carlos ended up calling fucking crystals wife to pick him up. Right. So the last thing I remembered was telling Carlos stay here. I'll be right back. Right. Mind you two Jack and Cokes and two fucking beers, dude. Right. Yeah. I wake up, which I which I thought was in my Jeep, right? I'm fucking looking around. I can't, oh fuck, I got my phone, I got my wallet, I got my keys. I have no shirt on, I have one sock, no shoes and no other sock, Popa, right? Nada. I go to take my keys to start my car, right? <laughs> fucking keys won't go in the ignition. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm, I'm still coming up, dude, like fucking all <laughs> groggy and shit, dude, right? So I realized that this is not my fucking car. I fucking get out the car, open up the fucking door, stand around. I'm looking around like where in the fuck am I? I'm I'm in the used car parking lot behind the Cherokee Motel off 115, bro. <laughs> okay? And I'm standing around like where the fuck am I? Now, for those of you who don't know yeah. where the distance is, right? From the Cherokee Motel 115 to where Gasoline Alley is about a five mile distance, if not more. Yeah. Right? And it's fucking yeah. cold and it's snowing. So I'm fucking sitting there, man, and I called Casey Mendenhall, my Sergeant Mendenhall at the time, man, and my roommate. We lived together. Yeah. And I said, Casey, man, I said, I need a ride, bro. And he goes, what? I said, I need a ride, but don't judge me, man. He goes, where are you at? I said, I'm at the Cherokee Mo Motel, dude. He goes, what? I said, dude, just pick me up. I'll be waiting on 115. I need you to take me downtown to see if my car's there, right? So me, I'm on the sidewalk, looking like a fucking hooker, right? With no one sock, no shirt, shorts, and I'm waiting for him on the fucking sidewalk to pick me up. He picks me up and takes me, huh? He picks me up and takes me down. I found my fucking Jeep, right? I drove it home. And I'm like, why is my back hurt? I look in the mirror. Hey, homie, I had scratches all in my fucking chest, on my back. Don't know if they were fingernail scratches or if they were a fucking a butch scratch, dude, right? Like, I got pushed in the butch. I called Carlos and told him what happened. He goes, hey, homie. Did you get your shit pushed in? You better check your asshole. Make sure it ain't bleeding, man. So I fucking I went like this. I went, I fucking checked my culo, man. I looked and said, no, man, I'm not bleeding. He goes, well, either you got raped or you got a loose butthole. One of those two, man. Right? <laughs> yeah, so me and Carlos talked about this uh, about a week ago. I never found out what happened. 
I'm going to assume I got roofied, right? Because right. at that time in Colorado, in the Springs, man, people, soldiers were getting roofied, right? That's the only thing I think of, right? Yeah. Don't know whatever happened to my back. If I got in a fight, got pushed in a bush, was drunk and fell over. I don't know. And I will never know to this day, man. You know, but that's, that's that fucking fuck you, Hoppy, for that shit, dude. <laughs> and, and just so everybody knows, um, he no longer farts out loud. All you hear is, Hey, so we know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that was, my, that was my one story, bro. Fucking hey, I remember and, and, that and, story. I, and I wish I was a fly on the wall just to know what the fuck happened, bro. You know what I'm saying? For real, you know what's um, you know, just to piggyback off of this story, motherfucking men out there don't think that it only happens to females that nah. get roofied. That shit happens to males too. Yeah. Hopefully, it was a female that took this food that night. <laughs> I, hope I, I hope I enjoyed it at least, bro. It was a good I time. Know, right? <laughs> <laughs> at least I went home that I liked it. You know what I mean? That I liked it. Hey, hey boo, I appreciate you being on here, Leon. It was definitely a good time catching back up. We got to do this of course. again, my man. Uh, and like I, you know, my main thing was too, man. You know, it's been a while, but hopefully, my story can help somebody else. Like they're not alone. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't matter how old you are, whether you fight drugs, alcohol. You know, whatever. You're not alone. We're all here for you. I, I called you in the in the past, right? Yep. And talked to you about this shit. I talked to uh, Carlos. I talked to, you know, a lot of friends, man. You know, uh, my old veteran buddies that, that are here I met, right? And right. everyone's everyone's support. Everyone's been there. Regardless, you fall down with drugs, right? They, they, they pick you up. They help you dust yourself off. Hey, let's get you fucking straight, man. Let's go this way. Right. That's one thing about us that we do is we'll always be there for you. We won't judge, especially me. I've been through life and through hell. And I put people through hell and I'll never judge you, man. You need something, you give me a call. Okay. Four five one zero four nine three five three eight eight is my phone number. If you don't want to, you want to email me, dleon00 at yahoo.com. I will always answer and be here for you guys, man. That's how you know this motherfucker's old. Still got the Yahoo email. Uh, Yahoo. Hey, at least that ain't AOL motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> right? Come on. Dog. I remember that was my first internet. I used to go to 7 Eleven just to get the the CDs. This we used to get the paper, months. man. Right? You waited for the updated this AOL 5.0 and shit, bro. You were the sh you trying to hey, you trying to watch porn on fucking dial up, bro. <laughs> you waited forever for that shit just coming down, down, down. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's no better than us as kids when we try to see the blurry fucking TV. Oh, I, used to, hey, I still look for the blurry shit, dude. Hey, I think I saw a boob. <laughs> I saw oh, a nipple baby. right there. Right? Hey man, I appreciate you, man. And uh shout out to your old lady. Thank you for uh for hanging of out course, here with man. us. This is what it's like when uh when a bunch of fucking veterans, if it was more than us, it'd just be laughter and shit talking yeah. the whole time. So I appreciate this, man. Hopefully I can get of course, uh, man. We have to together. talk about real shit, right? And we need to help oh, people yeah. out. And you know, we have, I, and I have to talk about my wife who's a big support in everything that I do, whether she tells me I'm fucked up or not, because she will tell me if I'm fucked up, right? You're wrong. And she gives us direction. She holds me up. She holds us up, dude. She is strong. And, and hopefully everybody out there has a wife like that who has our backs, man. You know what amen. I mean? We do the good times into the bad times, dude, right? Backs, bro. A hundred percent. You need that support system uh, for the real ones doing out there. Shout out to y'all. You know, y'all are dependents, but you're our dependents. All right. We love you. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we are um, our dependents. Right? We all still keep in touch. I've been out the military 10 years. January 4, 4, 2014 was. And so this year made 10 years. I've been out. And some of you guys have been out sooner, longer. And we still all have that support years group. Nine years yeah. in um in fucking January uh, at the end of January it'll be nine for me. Yeah, so mine was ten years in the beginning of January. So we all have our support. We all still talk. A lot of us do. Yep. 
right? Maybe not on an everyday basis, but once we'll hit a message once in a while, but yeah. we, everyone knows that we should all be here because we have to fucking keep each other on track. We, we are each other's family still in my eyes, yep. right? Yes, we got to be there for each We've other. Got that bond that comes along with not just being in the military, but also being Servant. in the struggle together. Yeah, in the struggle. Want. A lot of yeah. us came from different neighborhoods. Some came from the barrio. Some came fucking broken poor. Some came fucking rich. Some came. They had no choice, right? Like yeah. it was either so fucking chill or not. I have no family, so they made family, right? Exactly. The, the one thing, no matter what demographic you are in the military, no matter what demographic, yeah. like he was just saying. From one end of the spectrum of being fucking homeless and poor to the other of being rich and fucking yeah. wealthy and comfortable. But you know what? We all raised our motherfucking hand up during yeah. a time of war and said, send me. You know what I'm saying? And some of us so, have some fucked up, you know, uh, memories and, and shit, but that's how we deal with it. And this is what we all talk about, it, right? How do we deal with it? How can we deal with it without medication, right? Because sometimes the medication. The therapist, bro. Right. Medication could be fucking uh, trauma bonding. You called it trauma bonding. When we yes. remember, I talked to you the other yes. day and we all trauma bond. Right. And here's one thing I learned how it helped me without taking the medication, because without medication, I with the medication, I couldn't hold the position that I do for work. Right. I am a, a electrical foreman. I've been doing electrical work for 20 years. Right. I run big crews doing big solar shit. And I, I, I couldn't do the things that I do and hold a job that I do to support my family. So mm -hmm. the one thing that I found first and foremost that made it easy for me, it took me years to do is you got to forgive yourself first for everything you did. There you go. For me, that's what it was, right? I had to forgive myself for the shit that I fucking did. And that's what helped me get to where I met without the medication, right? And it sucks. I still have nightmares. My wife will tell me. She'll tell me tonight, tomorrow morning. Every time I talk about war shit with my buddies, I have night terrors at night, right? And that's always going to be a given, right? Yeah. And she says she doesn't like it, but she can't tell me not to because that's my that's my bond. That's my that's what we get along with, right? That's what we how we we trauma bond. You call it right? That's what we all, all right. we. we we get along with each other with, right? And she will never tell me not to, but she just knows what the night's going to bring, right? And hopefully it's not too bad, right? right. But that's how... I apologize to you ahead of time. Um, but also, it's therapeutic, bro. I'll tell you it what, is. It is therapeutic. Because um, I know for me, when I get done with a podcast, like the one that we've done right now, I know for me, I kind of get like um, like euphoric almost. It feels like... Yeah, God, feels good. yeah because it, 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 we got to relive... A yeah. time in life that, that was shitty. we're never gonna live again. You know no. what I mean? But we get yeah. to relive it at this time, even if it's virtual. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like and you have to. Dude, for me, you I, have to, man. It makes yeah. things better for me. It makes me feel like right now, dude. Honestly, right now I have this this weight that's off my chest. Like I feel you uh, euphoric. If that makes sense, I just feel yeah. I feel good right now. I feel yeah. like I just went had a, a session with a therapist, right? Without drinking beer or some shit, dude. Right? You see what I'm saying? It, it's yeah. like. No, but seriously, like I yeah, feel I light right now, right? Because yeah. of all the shit that we talked about, right? I talk about it my wife all the time. And, you know, she can't relate, but she understands a lot of things, right? Some things she can't, but we understand and we relate, dude. And exactly. that's what makes it. So for me, like I said, for me, I had to forgive myself first and foremost for the things that I did and say it was okay, right? And then just try to find other ways to fucking heal and deal with shit, right? And it's forgiveness for a lot of things. That's basically what it boils down to for me forgiveness for a lot of fucking things dude I, I still have memories dude i got a tattoo on my chest here right and it says forgive the devil within because to me that means hey there's a lot of things that i did in the three deployments that i did 36 months total that i'm not proud of and it wasn't me it was the devil but i had to do it right yeah dude it's, and then uh, i have a, a fucking tattoo on my arm here and it's a fuck i call him my angel of death 
with uh, a headstone of 77, right? Well, that 77 is the fucking confirmed 77 confirmed kills I had in three deployments with two sep or with 173rd in 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 four ID, right? This is Hell all yeah. we fucking have together. And that to me, that's just a memory of what my life was. It wasn't, it's not a bad thing. Some people say, why would you want to live that? Well, it's therapeutic to me, right? This is a history of what we exactly. all went through, right? This is what we all fucking did. Yeah, it sucks I killed people. It sucks we killed people. It sucks that our friends got, got killed, right? Exactly. And it, But this is how I deal with things for me. It might not and be for everybody, but this is for not, me. Right? You know, it's not for everybody. I'll tell you what. Um, damn, this is going a little bit longer, but whatever. I'll tell you what. Um, the military is not for everybody. You no. know, and going to war is not for everybody. And um, would I do it again? God damn right. Yeah, yeah, I would in a heartbeat, dude. Um, I, I would do it in a heartbeat. It. Yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's a love-hate relationship. But you know, and it's everyone, everything we built. And, you know, you, Lopez, and fucking Medina, and Hafid, and Velasquez, you know, mm -hmm. and just everybody else that from my other units that I've been with, my first unit I've been with, right? I don't talk to that much, but it's just, it's a family bond, you know, that we speak of and we have and we'll always have to the day we fucking die right and hopefully i've died before you motherfuckers you can come to my funeral first i would hate to go to fucking yours dude right <laughs> you know what <laughs> i found a way to make my peace with friends of mine dying so i'll yeah. give you a quick one and we'll call it a day when my homeboy okay. cruz died my homeboy cruz he was um like the 38 year old with the aneurysm right um he um the one of the ways i coped with it was that i started making fucking jokes like for yeah. example fucking cruise always had to be the first at everything to include dying you know what i mean yeah. so yeah would, and then uh and you have to find ways to deal with that trauma right yeah, it's a trauma it is you know so you yeah. find ways to to make fun of it to make jokes of it because you don't want to wallow in that fucking no and and it sucks you, dude dude i tell you when i started tearing up one day when i was thinking about him after he had passed right i was driving and a song came on and I started laughing and I started crying like a tear started rolling down. Yeah. And I just thought, I swear to God, I could hear Cruz in the back of my head saying, fucking Lopez, what a fag over here crying, <laughs> you know, because that's just the way that he that's would what be. he would say. Yeah. So, anyways, you know, it, hey, we've been on here an hour and an hour and 40 minutes almost, bro. Yeah. And hey, I could go on forever, bro. Me you too, know? bro. And but we'll, we'll, do we'll do another we'll do another cast. We'll do another podcast. Oh, yeah, we'll do dude, another one yeah. later, bro. Hopefully we'll get some more fools on here together, like you know, another add another cast and another guest. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna family. I'm gonna call my brother Ray. Right, you yeah. never met him, man, but I'm gonna have him go on your cast. He could tell you his fucking stories and shit he's dude, been through, yeah. right? Yeah, that'd you be know, awesome, everyone man. can relate to someone's different story, dude. Right? He oh, joined yeah. at 17. I couldn't imagine being 17, you know, going to fucking Naples, Italy, his first time, you oh, know, shit. and his girl. His girl coming over, then his daughter being born in Naples, so she has dual citizenship. She was right. Oh, so wow, it'd be a see. cool fucking story. So I'm gonna schedule him to come fucking. You can talk yeah, online, bro. Okay. Let him um yeah, let him know uh to check out the podcast, see if it's something he's interested in doing. I always yeah. tell people before they come on to check out the podcast yeah. because I I like to be unfiltered, uncensored, and just be real. Gotta be real, so, dude. You, you have know, to be and, real. And the thing is, like, you know, a lot of people they don't get down with my get down because sometimes I say shit that is not politically correct. Yeah, fuck them, dude. That's what I say. I'm not here you know for I mean? them to be politically. I mean, no. People this is about us being real and being us ourselves, dude. That's yeah. it. The whole thing about. Hey, but hey, tell me one thing real quick, man. I see all your little fucking things scrolling in below. What, what, what's the fucking uh, on the gun line fucking store, oh. dude? Let's enforce or talk to me about that, dude. Can I buy me a T-shirt, bro? Yeah, bro. So check this out, man. If you guys want to go ahead and support the channel, uh, there's this, uh 
on the gun line at gmail.com for the PayPal. There's Cash App, hashtag, yep. uh, there's gonna be not hashtag, it's gonna be the money sign DLO 1977, or you can go to onthegunline.com and click on the on the gun line support store. All okay. right, the reason I put the support store is because I don't like asking for money, but nah. this is uh, you know, eventually I would like this to become like a way to fund and help grow my, no, uh, fuck my, yeah. what? my what are your, okay so tell me this i know this is going on longer and i'm sorry man but no, what you, are your plans to grow on the gun line what do you see in your future what do you want to happen honestly so yeah honestly wanna, okay so what i want to eventually see out of this is um i want it to be like on the gun line on the gun line and not just podcast but just on the gun line like a like productions so for example right now i have on the gun line presents Vepro reactions where I do reactions to dumbass videos that I see or videos that that's I funny, at. dude. So, and next I want to branch into another one where it's on the gun line presents word on the street, where it's going to be more on civilian side where, um, you know, I talk with people that are out on the streets and what's going on with the get down, like in the barrios out in the yeah. hoods or just have like conversations that are going on in the hood specific. Right. And okay. then I want to do another one, which is on the gun line presents the front porch where you have conversations kind of like on the gun line, but it yeah. would be not military. It would be porch conversations that you have when you're sitting on the front porch drinking a 40, you know what I'm saying, and hanging out. And I want it to become like a community where fools come and hang out, chill and kick it, where they come in um, to get away from the everyday bullshit that's going on in life yeah, and just kick it and have a good time to take away from the everyday drama of the rat race. So okay, hey, that's the good. On the gun line podcast itself, the way it all started was um, it was supposed to be, and it is, you know, this what we're doing here. I call it shoot the shit episodes, where you just yeah. top it up, shoot the shit, and um, you know, we talk about our struggles, we talk about our victories, you know, and we talk about how we deal with things. You know what I'm saying? And the whole point of that yep. is because I want other veterans out there to realize, hey, you're not in the struggle alone, and not yep. not only not veterans. I know there's civilians that are going through shit too. That they oh, yeah. deal with, they have PTSD, but probably from different. Um, you don't have different to be trauma, dude. Yeah, you don't have to be in combat necessarily to have yeah, PTSD. PTSD. You could be you in a car accident. Car you could see someone die. You could be raped. Exactly. Anything. There's exactly. A lot of things. So I want yep. to take that away. Now, one thing I do want to put out is that if just because you joined the military and you got yelled at, you don't have PTSD. You're a bitch if that hurt your feelings. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna give so, you my card, dude. Let me throw yeah. me throw my fucking stress card, bro. <laughs> so I'll give him my ace card. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's fucking pathetic, bro. No, but, um, yeah, no, you're it's, right, bro. It's, fucking, it's fuckers like that that fuck it up for veterans like yourself, like myself, like other veterans that are they backlog the fucking yep. VA. So it takes a year and change for other veterans who need they're and need. To, yeah, they need they this need money, it. bro. And yep. it's not like they're fucking begging from the government. These are benefits no. they earned these earned. were earned benefits all right just so because you went to boot camp though you got yelled at you know, and now you want to claim ptsd no you're a bitch there's a difference and, and there's some that bitch. dude didn't even they didn't even been in the years and they got 100 rated and they get all the benefits that we got that we deserve and that's what kind of you know blows me away and I, i'm call me a hypocrite or right or call me whatever the fuck you want but at the end of the day you, you don't deserve fucking shit dude in my yeah. eyes right you earned yours right you earned yours yeah i earned I mine you earned yours a lot of us did dude shit. right there's a piece of shit fucking soldier that I know. He was my soldier. He came out at 80% rating. Anyways, I, I always throw his name out. He could go fuck himself. I'm not going to give him any more fucking shine. This book tried to commit suicide 
by cutting himself on the upper arm. Hey, that's attention. Yeah. No, he was. That's not a suicide. He's the same idiot that while we were deployed, his wife got railed by, you know, some other dudes out there in fucking um, in Pueblo. And they would come visit her at the barrack or, you know, at his house on post and rail her. And he still stayed with her afterwards. And then this fucking idiot, he start they, they end up going through a divorce. And the fucking idiot goes and buys a brand new Super Duty. And um, I tell him, why would you do that if you're still in the middle of a fucking divorce? You know she's going to get that from your ass now. She Anyways, got it. Oh, dude, the worst part is he didn't even have money to put, to put gas in that truck. He yeah. was a fucking private, bro. Anyway, see y'all. This is where my mind goes to. Anyways, hey, we can go. Said, I, can, I, I got stories like that from the one seventy third and some soldiers that I had that same bullshit, right? So we can go on. That's another topic. We'll talk about that shit after, bro. Okay, we're already yeah, at fucking we'll, one forty three. We'll that on the next time that Leon comes onto the gun line. That's right. We're gonna talk about some shitbag st- soldiers that we had. Oh, we had a bunch of shitbag soldiers, dude. Uh, <laughs> Nichols, man, I had Sergeant or uh, Private Nichols. I'll tell you about him next time, okay? And a lot of you guys know who Nichols is, dude, right? Nichols in 277? Yeah. I had Nichols. So you got my leftovers, bro. I had Nichols because, uh, okay. So I had Nichols. He was an airboat guy, hey, right? Lip. Yes. <laughs> and his wife, who was a little bit on the cuckoo side. Your wife was not meant some, I, I, I firmly believe she had some kind of a mental dis- disability. Yeah. He was yes. a nice girl. And the yes. way he treated her was like shit. And I got on his ass one day, right? Because fucking hey, I had a section, I had a section lunch, right? With all my section, man. And this is when I first made E6, and I went from fucking Bravo battery to Alpha battery. And that was my first section, right? So I took everybody to Buffalo Wings right there in Colorado, Colorado Springs, Wildwood, right? And um everyone came and it was her birthday, right? And he, he comes in with fucking cowboy boots. Uh, fucking no black boots fucking jeans a cowboy hat a long trench coat his eyes painted black with his wrist i said what the fuck are you he goes i'm a goth cowboy and i said a fucking what he goes goth cowboy i ain't no one to judge right so we're sitting there and this is my birthday so i bought her a fucking uh, lemon drop shot right and so she took one shot and she was fucked up off this one shot right and then he goes into talking shit about her and my fucking wife she's stupid and i and i just do i lost it i said who in the fuck are you to fucking uh, to degrade your fucking wife, bro. You you better fucking get your shit straight. That's your fucking wife. You don't talk shit about your fucking. Oh, dude, I laid into in front of everybody in the section, the whole fucking store, dude. Right? And he's looking at looking at you. Oh, I'm sorry, chief. Right? You don't fucking do that, dude. That's your fucking wife, man. You don't talk shit about her, bro. Oh, he was yeah. special, dude. Bro, I had to break it down financially for the fucking guy because he was living on post mm-hmm. with her, but he had no fucking money. At all. He was always broken. I was getting calls. You remember how you, you would get calls from the fucking PX as you, your fucking card and charge hey, how can we late for payment, right? The charge card and shit, right? So yep. the first sergeant told me I had to go and break down his finances and I broke down his finances, dude. And this guy, from what he made to what he had in the month, he was always negative $300 in the bank, dude. There's an order real quick. Uh, to my, my, my uh, listeners who listen to all my podcasts, doesn't that sound like that one episode where I talked about that one soldier who never paid a star card, but he always paid his goddamn cam girls. That's why we're financially on top of y'all. Yeah, dude, hundred yeah. percent. I, I had a yeah. story like that already. No, yeah, but dude, so I had to make sure guy. he was fucking. I had to make sure, dude. I had to tell him, hey, 
You need to fucking not do this. You need to make sure your wife has this fucking much money. I don't give a fuck what you got to do, what you got to sell. You know, he bought her a dog, dude. But what was that mall in the fucking over there at the in, in Colorado off Academy? There's a mall, right? And then there was a pet store. So okay, there was he, went and, mall. he went and financed her. He went and financed her a fucking dog from the pet store. That boy is retarded. Eight thousand dollars is charging for a dog, and I said, "Why would you do that?" And he goes, "Because I don't want my wife to be alone." So you're not so, you're you're putting your your guys is in debt over a, a dog and other things, right? Your priorities are fucked up. You need to fucking oh yeah, dude, it, it was a fucking mess. And I I hope to God that he's done a whole lot better. Hope they're doing really good. I don't wish bad on anybody, man. I but that's. That's one of the I, fucking I, soldiers, dude. I had him, all right, because uh, he went to Hanson's section, and I took over yeah. Hanson's section. Oh, jeez. Okay? So when I got there, I it was myself. Rudy Velasquez was my gunner. Then I had uh, Reyes was my ATC. Yep. Then I had um, keep it one hundred, chief. What the fuck was this black dude's name? Davis. 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 Uh, he, uh, he ended up robbing all the goddamn pharmacies out there in Colorado Springs. He did, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. And, um, but Nichols. Oh, and then I had McFadden. So um, fucking uh, Nichols, apparently uh, he he knew karate. So Oh, I remember that. I remember that yeah. story, dude. So, yeah, apparently they had him. I don't mean to laugh, dude, but that's what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, dude. That nigga hey, didn't know karate. We're going to leave it at there. Uh, before I go, before I go, they wanted me to send him to the promotion board, bro. Yeah, no. To the E5 board. And I will. Because he no. had time and service, right? Yeah. And I said, in no, absolutely not. Yeah. And they're like, well, you need a counselor. No problem. I typed up that council so fucking quick, and then he got mad. Like, you know, why? Why wouldn't you send me to the board? And I looked at him like Nichols. What are you doing right now? He's like, I'm sitting in the co inside the cage here in the cough. Exactly. Uh, E4 that wants to be E5. We'll be having the section right now. Putting up the collimator, going through land nav, talking yeah. about you know doing some extra PCM, PMC, so, yeah, right? something. But you're over here reading a fucking sad emo book, and then dude. <laughs> I found out he was talking about me and his guy. He wrote a book about me and his shrink and his shrink book talking about, you know, I made chief mad today. You know, I guess he hadn't had his uh, caffeine yet or a monster. And I, I, he was, I was like, God damn, was I that bad? You were fucking monsters, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fool. Let's call it a day with hey, that Hey, we'll one, call man. it quits, brother. Hey, thank you, man. I really appreciate talking to you today, man. Huh? Uh, no doubt, bro. I appreciate having you on here. Happy New Year, man. I Happy hope New Year. plan's not going to go through for you. Yep. And Everybody hopefully this year goes great with the podcast, man. Which way you want to go? Yeah. You know, every okay, which way. Man. I hope great things come to you and your family, man. Huh? I appreciate you, pimp. I appreciate y'all. And everybody appreciate else out too. there, y'all make sure y'all uh, give me a like, subscribe, whatever the hell y'all want to do. I'm out of here, though. Rounds complete and a mission. Gun line out. March order, Thank everybody. You Thumbs Peace up. up. <laughs> we'll see you, brother. <laughs> Thank you. All right, bye.